Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. Welcome to Monday Night Roski, the longest running episodic program here on YouTube. And you ain't here with the Bruce Wayne. It is ish. The king of kings, the king of content, and the speaker of truth, yours truly, the notorious one, a.k.a. Mr. Coachellini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamas. And you're in the desert storm bunker with EWF. That is every woman's fantasy, among another bevy of nicknames, also known as Get Em Daddy. Get em Daddy. That's what the ladies call me, and Senior Third Leg Greg, and a bunch of other nicknames. But I'm also known as CGAC God Allah, and a 10-time demonetized champion of YouTube. All right, uh, we got a great show for you lined up today, TV Dads, Mount Rushmore. All right, and uh, some of you guys are so young, you don't even know who's on the thumbnail. You don't have a clue as to who's on the thumbnail, but uh, this should be a trip down memory lane, not a popular show, but I had a lot of people in this morning show, so someone suggested this. I don't remember his name, but I appreciate you for suggesting this show, and uh, we'll get into that show very simply very soon we got two other segments before that and we'll talk about the importance of television dads um that they have here somebody wants me to sign up for something right here tv dad on the role of a lifetime fatherhood and uh we actually talk about a lot of how fathers uh need to play who in the hell is that all right all right tv dads on the role of a lifetime all right um you also have uh tv dads mainly especially black community dads uh, of the importance it's a really heavy role and uh, we talk about fatherhood in our society oftentimes we use television and movies to trick figure out uh what fatherhood is many of you guys haven't had a father in your life many of you guys probably had a father who was present and uh, many of you have learned how to become a father by emulating what you saw on television so we'll break down some of the most popular father roles i actually have a list of fathers here and there's so many fathers man that uh as i was looking at this list before I put the show on, I couldn't believe the amount of fathers right, that, that were out there as far, as far as television fathers. And I'll jump into it real quick um, of people I've even forgotten about in terms of television fathers here. And uh, we'll talk about uh, where it all began. They, they mentioned these are some of the most common ones, although Bill Cosby's left off this list for reasons known and unknown. Uh, they have the father from Modern Family, the father from uh, some of these shows slipped my mind. Uh, the father from Danny Tanner, all <laughs> right. I know his name, but uh, can't remember. Uh, uh, Mary Kate Nolson show. All right, you have the Wayne, the, the Wayne Brady, the Brady Bunch father there, and uh, you have they put Dre from Blackish on there, and then if you want to go old school, George Jefferson, the uh, Seavers, which was uh, Family Ties, I believe was named of the show, or uh, Michael Ke- uh, Stephen Keaton, which was Family Ties. Jason Seaver was um, Growing Pains. All right, that would be from the 80s, all right? And then going into the most common era or the most well-known, Philip Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Carl's Winslow from, I believe, Family Matters was the name of it. You got Homer Simpson, Al Bundy, Ward Cleaver. You even have Andy Griffith, Bill Cosby, Pill Cosby, and Tim the Toolman Taylor, of course, James Evans and Fred Sanford, and uh, much, many, many more. I mean, you have many more on there, Frank Costanza, even some grandfathers fall in there, and then you can't forget uh, Bernie Mac also played a dad on television, um, and uh, a lot of people play fathers on television. If you don't, you know, it, it, it's crazy. So um, a, a couple of other things here related to TV dads is sometimes a TV dad has a heavy, heavy role 
meaning that um, sometimes they play the buffoon. Sometimes they play the dunce or the dim-witted individual. Sometimes they play the straight, meaning that they're the one who's delivering the lesson. Sometimes they're playing the dumb one who makes everything fall apart, like Tim the Two-Man Taylor would be one that um, was the dunce, dense father, all right? And that played a role, especially in the 2000s. I'm going to show you some commercials as to why that played a role. But um, it played a role because, you know, and during this time, uh, in the 2000s, between 2000s and the 2020, mainly ma- mainly the 1990s, the end of the 90s, the dad was seen as dim-witted and dumb and couldn't make things work. All right, and everything fall apart. They can't take care of babies. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't take care of the house um, and all of that stuff. They actually had a movie called My Three Dads. No, that was a TV show. My My Two Dads was a TV show, but they had a, they had a movie with Tom Selleck. Uh, where there were three dads and one baby, <laughs> remember that? And they were trying to so dumb they couldn't figure it out, so clumsy. But um, I think that was in the eighties or nineties. There was a there was a movie I can't remember what it was. Uh, but yeah, uh, Witherspoon was pops. But uh, yeah, man, there's there were a lot of shows where the dad was stupid and clueless, and then there were a lot of shows where the dad was the stable stable force of the family. Um, but we'll talk about three men and a baby. That was the one three men and a baby was the movie. Yes. I remember. Yeah. So they were so dumb. They had a baby and they were like, we don't know what to do with it. You know, type of shit. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. What did we do? Oh no, it's pissing and shit everywhere. So we'll talk about the role of the father and where did you learn to be a father and, or come up with a Mount Rushmore. It's going to be impossible, but we'll do it anyway to contribute to today's show. Not a sign the notorious. CGA on the cash app, Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV, and PayPal. PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams, and that be pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. And you can super chat Sean on the notorious CGA channel. Shout out to Corey over there on the Super Chiz I appreciate that. Bit a back slap, bit a bat, bat, and a boom, bat. All right, um, actually, uh, shout out to, let's see here, who is this? Jeff Jarrett in the building. Shout out to Jeff Jarrett. All right. He's in the building. He says, uh, Jared T says, you're a genius. Thank you. Shout out to you. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah, man. Shout out to Kelbo in the building. I see the NWO effing with your boy today. New, 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 new world order. I don't know what was going on. They was tripping, Sean. Word them up. Where's uh, Radio Raheem at? Or Stereo Shaheem. We have to name him. Uh, yeah, Archie Bunker was on the list. What are we doing here? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let me check over here on the pay pizzle. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. All right, Jeff Jarrett, Double J. <laughs> All right, no, that's not him. All right, I'm pretty sure Double J wouldn't have put in a word here. All right, we do have another brother here. Let's see if I can say it. Let's see if I can say his name. Shout out to Larry C. I turned 38 years old today. Shout out to you. It's a yo birthday, too. He says, I just want to say thank you for helping me understand that my best years are still ahead of me, despite the haters of my family thinking the contrary. Would you mind taking me out with that victory lap music? Shout out to you. Happy birthday, Ninja. All right. Oh, you're done, man. Guys, we're simple. Just stay in shape. All right, stay in shape. You be good, Ninja. Make a decent salary. You be buying toys and no, you got all the toys you need. We're simple. We're simple out here, man. I know, baby, like you're done. All right, our time clock does not match women at all, at all. Women be done for the most part, 
by mid thirty. Yeah, 39, 38, they done. Like, they done in terms of value. Now, they can still make it out here. They'll be all right. They'll make it like our price is right, lady. Fumbling through life. All right, we got our man Fazito says, D.L. Hughley was a dad back on UPN 33, but the single mom's version, the Parkers, was okay, even though they were Mastodon. Shout out to you, man. Oh, man, the Parkers. Yeah, some of them shows I didn't watch. Just to be fair, there is a little time gap of me watching some of these shows. But D.L. Hughley, he had a show. He was a dad. I don't know he if he made it. They, I do have a list of 31 black sitcom dads, and they ranked them. Um, they ranked them, and uh, I don't know if D.L. Hughley made the list. Uh, let me see. Oh, he did make the list. So just so you know, he made the list like Chris Jericho. D.L. Hughley made the list, and the, he made it at number 31. All right, so not that high on the list. Of, I'm sorry, 23 is his number, and he made it on the list. 23 out of 31. Damn, D.L.? All right, D.L. Hughley made the list. Anyway, <laughs> lots of great dads to talk about either way, no matter where they remain on the list. I, I kind of remember his show. I'm sure I've watched a few episodes of the Hughley. What's it called, the Hughley's? Yeah, you got to probably, you got to probably uh, pray to the nanny goat to get a TV show on. New, 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 new world order. You definitely got to probably pay, pray to the nanny goat. What about Vince McMahon as a TV dad? Yeah. <laughs> new, 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 new world order. Vince McMahon is a good TV dad. All right. Uh, yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun. He did play a uh, good TV dad. All right, look, what'll be going here? Straggles Nigga Theater? Let me check. Yes, Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Let's go. Like, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast stick. You can get high with me. That's a deal, right? Ride. Straggle and Sniggle Theater. All right, let's have some jokes before we get warmed up. This is my warm-up opportunity. Let's go with Straggle and Sniggle Theater today. We got a straggle in a grocery store with his wife, IG Hubby. I don't know. And take a look at her. Nice little Puerto Rican chica. All right, them Puerto Rican women don't mess around. Look at that Puerto Rican. All right, she look like a Puerto Rican, don't she? All right, watch her, why her mouth so long across her face, though? Mm. Yeah, she look like a Puerto Rican, yeah. Now I got to cut you. All right, anyway, Puerto Ricans be sexy when they mad, but they also will stab you. Now I got to cut you. So it is kind of interesting as to, you know, do you want them to look sexy when they pouty and, and all that? Um, because when they sexy, when they mad, them little hot potato senoritas, all right, they sexy as hell, but they stab you. Now I got to cut you. All right, damn, I can't, I don't know what I want from a Puerto Rican. All right. <laughs> and they sexy as hell, but, you know, they'll stab you. Now I got to cut you. Why her mouth so long? Let me stop. Let me stop. All right, anyway. All right, here we go right here. What are the border, what, what is she mad about? What you mad about? All right, come on, man. What's she mad about with that long body? Here we go. Hold up. Can y'all see it? Here we go. It's taking so long. I'm trying to figure out what bag you get for your birthday present. You think your best friend's going to fit in there? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Oh. I'm going to go wait in line. Oh. What's taking so long? I'm trying to figure out what bag you get for your birthday present. You think your best friend's going to fit in there? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That That's definitely she. That, yeah. Now I got to cut you. Yeah. Uh, that is some normie humor shit. Yeah. I would say the same thing, especially if she got a Puerto Rican sister. All right. Is your sister going to fit in there? Happy birthday to me. 
Uh, is there any girls you're going to bring by for me to serve me up? Well, he's going to back up. I got to cut you. Hey, it's okay, baby. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go wait in line. He's sniggling, but uh, yeah, you dead. You dead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she goes. And she like it, too. She halfway smiling. Bring your friend over, girl. Bring your friend and they blonde peroxide hair dudes. I'll bend both of y'all over. Same time. Same time. All right. Them damn Puerto Ricans. Then you got, he going to get cut. She will like, is this a whole white woman? Y'all not claiming Puerto Rican? <laughs> All right. Here we go right here. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of, hey, uh, Straggle and Snickle Theater. What's wrong with these people out here? Wah, 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 nah. That's my husband. And if anybody fuck with them, they fuck with me. Tell them who you are. I'm nasty, nice. I he never nasty. Had, never had an off day in my life. I take all your women plus your wife. I make you dance in my beat all your life. Now you mad. That's now, your husband? Now you mad. It's my woman, bro. It's my woman. Oh. This is how we get down, man. <laughs> he he likes filming me. What the? Yeah. Oh. Oh, the humanity. All right. I don't know. Uh-oh. We got a message here that they want me to wait here. Uh, Play the video again. Uh, This is definitely the Mackin. The pimping. This is what happens to Mac Ninjas. This is what happens to Mac Ninjas. You know what I mean? They just be Macking all their lives. They never get their life straight. You know, Mac lives matter. And, uh, you know, he was like, is this your wife? No, this is my woman. This is my woman. What, Ninja? This your last hoe? I already told you about these former pimps in Baltimore. All right. They former pimp ninjas. This is what they turn into, man. Pimping, pimping ain't easy. All right. Come on, man. Let me play the video. That's my husband. And if anybody fuck with them, they fuck with me. Tell them who you are. I'm nasty, nice. I never, nasty. Had, never had an off day in my life. I take all your women plus your wife. Oh. I make you dance in my beat all your life. Uh, yeah, I mean, this shit was probably popping off in the 1990s. You know what I mean? I'll take your women and your wife. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Mac, and li- Mac lives die at some particular point, Ninja. You can't take the Mac and all the way to cracking. He took the Mac and all the way to cracking, man. And where's she at with her teeth, Ninja? Both of these ninjas ain't got no teeth. Now you mad. That's your husband? Now you mad. Now you mad. Oh, my Lord, Ninja. What do we got here? This is crazy, man. Now you, oh, the humanity. Like, they just not even, un, they're unsure of where they are on the planet. Woman, bro. It's my woman. This is how we get down, man. He, <laughs> he likes filming me. Oh, she getting jiggy. All right. <laughs> well, when ninjas get Will wait. When ninjas get Will Smith, chips get jiggy all day. She was getting jiggy. She was doing the dirt off the shoulder like 30 years ago. Get your dirt off your shoulder. All right, was that 20 years ago? She was getting jiggy out here, and he had the rhyme, and the, he had the he had the rhythm and the rhyme. Baltimore. All right, here we go. Was that Baltimore? Because I'm from Baltimore, and you know that the dragon don't play. <laughs> if you're from Baltimore, you know about it right here. Oh, man, this is crazy. All right, let's take you to Detroit. All right, we're going to Detroit. Ay, 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 man, what's wrong with my hoods, man? Y'all need to get y'all hoods together before y'all come out here and at me. Talking about what y'all got to get uh, going on here. Oh, hold on for a second. Here you go right here. Let's frame it up here. Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we got a Mastodon mother out here trying to make an extra buck out here. Get her. She trying to make an uh, extra buck. You see her fat rear end running up here and down the stairs. Well, it looks like she's on Uber Eats. She parked hella far away from the curb. So I don't understand that. 
and uh, we'll take it from here. Oh, no. Oh, man. What? Do you stole my car. Do you know him? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's, dis- that's disgraceful. I think you were in on it, ma'am. Do you know him? You look as suspect as hell. Do you know him? That's your son. She talking about you know him. All right. You stole this woman's car. They stole her car. Whoa! Somebody just stole my car. Look, they all at the door. <laughs> oh, she gone. Oh, damn, she can barely get out. Look at that crap. Oh, no. Damn. It's like that? Do you stole my car? Do you know him? Oh, Jesus. Ladies. I, this is why when we when we get to the TV dad conversation, do you know him? Really? Uh, really, ma'am? Do you know him? You think she just dropped her dropped her Uber Eats off and took off? All right, what do you do? You know him? And then they're just dressed in a ninja suit? What are you doing, man? No. <laughs> they stole her car. Oh, Captain Obvious here. Captain, they stole her car. Lord, I'm pretty sure she's going to start praying for her. Pray for this woman today. They done stole her car. <laughs> wow. Straggle with Sniggle Theater. I think she set it up here. All right, Straggle with Sniggle Theater here. Let's take you to, oh, we're going to take you to the Orient here. All right, we're going to take you to the Orient. Let's give me some music here. Give me some music. Ah, sucky. Sucky now. We got us the Ling Lings in the building. Boy, oh boy, they are such a delicacy. All right, let's see what these Ling Lings are up to. You know, Ling Lings are up to no good. They always up to some trouble. All right, looking all innocent. Let's see what these Ling Lings working with today. All right, uh uh-oh, okay. Oh, man, okay, so as you can see here, let me see if I can turn the music up. They have an older gentleman here. You might not be able to see it clearly. Um, And they're also on mass transportation. And uh, he's trying to get a hold of that little Ling Ling's hand. Oh, he's trying to touch. Okay, daddy. He's trying to put hands on hips. You see that? All right. He's like, oh, yeah. Okay, I got something you want. He said, I got money. Oh, now she want a hand and the other one I want to put hand. Oh, man, them girls so easy. Oh, now they fighting each other. Boy, I've had Ling Ling's fight over me when I'm in the in Manny Petty spot. Oh, now she putting hands on. Now she want to put your head on my shoulder. Now she cuddle up like a kitty cat. Meow. Just like that. I got money. <laughs> she was like, oh, word. Okay, dad. All right. He's speaking my language. All right. That's what I love right here. And the other Ling Ling done messed out. That's what happened. Don't miss your blessings, lady. When I got a handful of fists full of 20s. I got money. Don't miss your blessing out here, man. I got your blessing out here. And they come in cold, hard cash. Greenbacks. You know what I mean? Uh, The Jacksons and the, and the Washingtons. You know what I mean? And the whole damn uh per- presidents the dead president oh he got oh he got a hand right there put your head on my shoulder okay daddy yeah just that easy ninja it's that easy ninja fixes binds llc is here forever ninja fixes binds llc 
will never go out of business, Ninja. We got an eternal business because rent do. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Rent always do, Ninja. He like, let me go ahead and show you what here. Okay. Ah, look at them girls looking out the side eye. They smiling now. Look, let me get, let me put my hand. Hey, we can share each other. We can share them. Oh, no, he mine. He mine, Ninja. That's how you go fix his Binds LLC. <laughs> Ninja ain't Nathan. Ain't Nathan change. You can always get you a woman. You can always get you a woman if you got a fist full of 20s. I got money. I got money. Ninja, she like, I don't know. You ugly. You unattractive. You creepy old man. Oh, oh. I got money. Oh, Ninja money talks, bullshit walks. Look at how they looking. Look at how they looking. All right, look at them. Ninja, it don't matter where you at. Ninja, I can speak your language. Ninja, we don't have to speak English. We don't have to communicate. We can talk body and money. I got money. Fix his binds LLC in the building because... Can't you get it through your thick skull that I'm broke? Dead, flat, stony, broke. I've got $3.85 in my purse. Hey, the universal languages, what do they have in common? Body and... I got money. Them languages, we can always talk turkey. We can always talk turkey. Fixes Binds LLC will never go out of business, Ninja. This is the best business out here. All right, speaking of Fixes of Bind, all right, we got to watch out for women like this. So be careful here. This is definitely, we're going back to Baltimore or Detroit. Here we go. Name your city. My HIV is non-detectable. You cannot catch it because it's non-detectable, dummy. And I had sex with half the city. But I caught them because I'm non-detectable. Oh. Hello. There it is. There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, she says she doesn't have sex with half the city. She says her HIV is non-detectable. Oh, Lord. I'm just, oh, my goodness right here. What are we doing? Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, that's nasty. Um, I don't know what's going on and who having sex with this rough ass woman. This bull dagger all right, right here. So, uh, uh-huh. My HIV is non-detectable. Oh, non-detectable. I don't know what that means. What you can't detect it on you or me. What are we doing? You mean you can't transfer it? What, what do you mean? Non-detectable. <laughs> like what does non-detectable mean? I'm not trying to confuse. You mean you can't detect it? Like, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I mean, I guess she's saying you can't tell I got it. Oh, more. Jesus. You cannot catch it because it's non-detectable. Nah, I'm going to go with no on that one. Nope. All right, you cannot catch it. All right, she said, trust me, Ninja. You can trust me. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. I'm, I'm Ma'am. Oh, that's nasty. Nah, I'm going to go pass on that. You cannot catch it. I'm going to say no on that. Nope. Listen, I don't know much about anything. Don't trust me as a doctor, but I'm going to say no. And why she showing all these teeth? This is what she tell ninjas. This is what she tell ninjas. Hey, man, don't worry, man. It's non-detectable. Okay, be careful out here, gentlemen. Hello, look at that. Gentlemen, what city is this? Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Oh, man. Trust the science. It's non-detectable. There was a funny clip. I don't remember seeing it. You know how you get trapped in the YouTube 
um, rabbit hole. Well, what had happened was I saw a video of a guy. They were following. I don't know what they were doing. Anyway, they were downtown, and uh, there were women that were on, you know, homeless, and they were cracked whores and whatever they were. And it was a young guy. It was a young black guy. He was a light skin, and um, some woman homeless chick offered him some punani. I'm like, and he took it. He went around the corner wherever she was in her piss infested box. And he went and boned her. And what happened was when he came out, everybody was laughing at him. They was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And it was like, you know, she got AIDS, right? I was like, yo. <laughs> and he was like, what? And just goes to show you, man, ninjas is out here running nasty. Oh, that's nasty. I seen it years ago. Please, I don't even know how I found it, but I was on watching it. But. Yeah, I remember, or maybe it was on Instagram. I can't remember it, but he was running around, and then some homeless shit, come on, I'll suck you off. You can hit it right now for, you know, maybe a couple. I don't know what it was. I don't remember if it was transactional or not. And he went and smashed it. It was like a granny, too. It was like an old lady. It wasn't like no young homeless girl. It was like an old lady. And he went and got them skins, and they was like, yo, you know she got HIV? Oh, man, I was like, yo, these ninjas. It wasn't no it wasn't no skit. I don't think it was a skit. It was a real video. It was a black dude, but he was light skinned. He was light skinned. He maybe might might have been Mexican or Puerto Rican. I can't remember. All right. And he was like walking out like he just, you know, pulling his pants up. And it was like, yo, you crazy. That was like, man, what you doing? And they was like, you know, she got HIV. You know, she got AIDS. And she was like, what? He was like, what, what, what you talking about? She got AIDS. He was like, yeah, she got AIDS. I was like, man, oh my God. It was real. It wasn't no skit. I was like, that is crazy. Scrap sexuals out here. Be careful. Um, what do we got here? We do have dad kicks pregnant 15 year old daughter out on these streets. Again, we're back in Baltimore. All right, here we go right here. Let's go ahead and refresh the video. Dad kicks out his 15-year-old daughter because she's pregnant. Hence, I tell you, these girls start early. Here we go. I'm not doing enough. This is my daughter. If she want if she want to be grown, if she want to be grown, she got to deal with those consequences. So now I'm going to drop her off anywhere. I don't care where I drop her off at. I know she's going to get out my my house. I know that for sure. She is going somewhere. I don't care about none of that. And take that phone. Take that phone. I'm taking that phone back. And I brought. And she only brought a little bit of clothes. So what are you talking about? Man, I don't even know what you're saying right now, and I don't care. This is my this is my house, so this is my rules. If she want to get pregnant at 15 years old, then this is what she gonna have to deal with, and this is what she gonna have to go through. You falling? You falling the same exact steps as your cousin? You oh, look at that! Wow, damn, she fat as mother. What in the? World. And look, scrap sexual. Look at this. This the daughter? Oh, Jesus, man! You gotta be kidding me, brothers. Oh, the humanity. That's the fifteen-year-old daughter. Look how big this girl is. Look how slop a lop. She a damn slop a lop. You got to be kidding me. And then she got a clown red painted wig on oh my gosh man the humanity. bottom feeders i tell you about these bot i tell you man listen don't let me thanos the world man thanos was right you could not live with your own failure where did that bring you back to me i bet you a pookie then just skeeted all in her guts he probably was letting this is the this is the classic 
single mammy ass that let Pookie smash the hell out of her. Right? This is the this is the type of women that let Pookie hit. And Pookie comes over there, drop off some salami. All right, 16-year-old Pookie, probably a 19, 18-year-old Pookie, clapping the hell out of her cheeks. She don't care. She don't trade any value because she's young. She's 15. She don't need nothing. She getting attention. And she bring that stinking-ass carcass over there, and he probably be beating the brakes off of that. Um, here, ugh, Crazy. Let me let me finish the clip, and then we'll do a vote. You like your cousin homeless? You want to be like your cousin? Now you now you now you gotta wear no shoes. Now you gotta wear no shoes. Man, I don't. You not. Why are you recording me? Why I'm recording you? Because I'm showing other people an example. Of this is not the way to go. This is not the way to go. I will give you. Man, give my baby hurts my shoes. Man, give me that phone, man. She got her big fat ass feet out here. Look at them big puppies, man. Look at them big. Oh, my goodness. Look at them big ass dogs. Oh, the humanity. Look at them big old piglets. <laughs> you get the lazy flat foot ass. Oh, my goodness. Sleep and eat. That's what she does. Sleep and motherfucking eat. That's what she does for a living. Here we go. Give, her phone. give me that phone. What you mean? Get her that phone, phone back. No. No. I'm going to drop her off. No. Delete all this Instagram stuff. All this is gonna get out, out, out of this Oh, they showed the Instagram. Like All this is gonna go. I bet you she met the ninja off Instagram too. Came right to the crib, skeeted in her guts. So weird. What you mean I'm so weird? weird. What you mean you I'm so weird? That's why I like my stepdaddy hey. more. Hey, oh, she said that's why I like my stepdaddy more. Ninja, ring the bell on the community, man. And this ain't just the community. She said that's why I like my stepdaddy more. You got Boom Quisha over there with her bonnet on her head. And she got a baby on her hip. Jesus, man. Plantation. For real. Plantation. All right. What do we got more? Is there? Deactivate her Instagram page. Deactivate her Instagram page. Showed it. For real. Because you making a scene. We is outside. No, I'm not making a scene. I'm finna, man. Watch out, man. What you mean? No, I'm not giving you nothing. You want to get, you want to get pregnant? You, you got to deal with those consequences. I'm not. All right. All right. We got to do a poll on this one. This is a tough one here. Uh, 15 year old daughter. You do have some support for, uh, kicking the woman out here. His house, his rules. This one says, I hope CPS steps in and helps this girl since her family ain't shizzle. And it says, where were her parents when she was sneaking and geeking? This still his family, though, her and her child. And uh, believe me, he's not the biological father. A real father wouldn't do that. This one's definitely wrong. And it says right here, 15 and pregnant is crazy. And hope to me, happen to me now, deal with it. And uh, she was grown enough when she was out there. All right, so you do have mixed bag comments related to this. Uh, we're going to have to say what say you to the coach gang. Coach gang, you guys got to voice out. Voice your opinion on this one. I'm going to start a poll. What you think about this, man? These girls be out there acting dung and dumb, full of cum, grown. Who's at fault here? Who's at fault here? Let me see here. I'm going to put the dad, the daughter. The daughter's mother doesn't seem to be there. Maybe that's the woman there holding the child on her hip. Um, and it looks like, you know, that might be the dad's and the new mother's, the mother's um, child. And, you know, so again, her, the 15-year-old's child is going to be very close to the youngest child. Uh, let's see here. Mother and uh, Pookie. <laughs> All right, Pookie. 
Let's put Pookie in there. And uh, you guys can vote on this one. Who's at fault for this particular thing? Is the dad right for bumping her off? You know, 15 is old enough. 15 is old enough, but 15 is still young, y'all. You know, she can't survive out here in these streets uh, like this out here. In these streets? Plus, she fat because she ain't going to do nothing. She ain't going to do nothing out here. She she overweight. She a slop-a-lop. She a southern slop-a-lop out here. Dad, daughter, mother. The mother doesn't seem to be in the photo here, so I can't see who the mother is. So I don't know. I'm just going to put her up there since we got a chance to vote. All right, that's Drago and Snickle Theater, man. Wow. Way to end it off on that. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? All right, man. Tough, tough situation you put her in. I always tell, you know, young women that I've been involved with, meaning that, you know, that I've coached and mentored, even young women that I mentor, mentor, uh, daughters and whatnot. One of the worst things you could do is become a single mother. It's just tough out there. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You're making life very, very complicated. So very, you know, you can need to consider your behavior before you get impregnated. I know people want to say, well, it's the person's fault. It's the other person's fault. You know, you got to consider the behavior that you're engaging in. And uh, unfortunately, you have a great responsibility over your genitals. I know people don't want to be responsible for their genitals. They want to say, well, we're going to be out here fucking anyway. Well, I mean, I suppose. However, you still got to be responsible for your genitalia. You know your reproductive system. You know what I mean? And you get them urges and you be skeet, skeet, skeet. All right, right now the daughter is leading in fault right now. Let me see what's going on over here. And the daughter is, the dad is leading at fault on the Notorious channel. All right, the daughter is, let me see if the daughter's leading at fault. Yes, the daughter's leading at fault on the Notorious channel. I'm sorry, the daughter's leading in fault on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Let me get to some super chats. Appreciate the support. Face Fact says, Cracking Mac and Ninjas always Gotta show them gums, indeed. Child support, alimony, and false alligator lawsuits. The 304 retirement accounts. Shout out to you out there. CJ says, don't forget about Jonathan Kent and Lionel Luther from Smallville. Maybe you can do another one for toxic TV and movie moms. Precious comes to mind. Precious come to mind. All right. Interesting. Yeah, maybe I could do a toxic mom. That might get more views. Right now, you know, we're doing some wholesome, good, wholesome content. Nobody cares about TV dads. Ninja, like, talk about these hoes. <laughs> All right, you know, <laughs> how many people watching? Yep, a thousand. That's what I thought. I know. Ninja's like, man, we don't want to hear about this shit. Talk about hypergamy again. All right, listen. All right. I, this, is a, this is a break for me. This is kind of a break. What do we got here? It's all about the Benjamins, baby. It's cold approach pointless when you are competing with online and therefore looks. Maybe we'll do a show on it again because this is a great conversation. If I just say one thing, then there's a lot of things that you can talk about here. I think for the most part, women like to be approached, but of course they have discretion as to who's doing the approaching. So Benjamin, you might be an ugly nigga. I don't know. And so if I say, oh, yeah, cold approach is great. I'm sitting your ugly ass there. Talk to women. Now, you know how it works. Women love to be approached, but they only love to be approached by people they think are handsome or good looking. They hate being approached by ugly, dusty ninjas. So that's the problem. I say, sure, go ahead and cold approach. And your dusty ass go out there. And you say, coach, you told me to cold approach. Well, 
because ninjas was out here for a minute trying to be out here talking about they got ninjas in wheelchairs. All right, cold approaching. Yeah, I knew I jumped. I knew the I knew the dating coaches jumped the shark when they went out there talking about that. All right, they were like, look, I got this guy right here, and they brought that ninja out in the wheelchair, and he was like, I get more ass than a toilet seat. I was like, these ninjas talking about me? These were ninjas that was talking shit about me, too. I was like, <laughs> that coach Greg Adams don't know what he's talking about. He doom and gloom. And they brought the wheelchair ninja out, and he was like, I get the finest hoes in Montreal, wherever he was from, ninja. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, man, yo. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. <laughs> Who remembers that? Who's been around here long enough to remember that? I was like. I was like, if they ever mention my name in a effing mouth ever again. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Them ninjas is not my league. They, and they would come to my show. Hey, guy, hey, coach, man, these guys talking about you. I was like, you mean the ninjas that brought out wheelchair Willie? Wheelchair Willie in the game, ninja. I was like, oh, my Lord. I was like, yo. Anyway, he was talking about all the punani he tearing up. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, any ninja on that show, please don't mention my name next to these ninjas, please. All right, come on. <laughs> Anybody that was on that show, I don't want to be mentioned. And I ain't trying to start no beef, but I was like, I'm officially not in the echelon. All right, anyway. All right, look, hey, uh, it is what it is, ninja. I was like, these ninjas out here talk about wheelchair ninja got more game than ninjas out here, man. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm out of this space. I'm no longer red pill if that's what it takes. Right? I was like, I quit. I quit. That's when, hey, I don't know if you remember. That's when I said I'm in my league of my own. That's when I started talking about I was the king of kings. And I was like, I'm in a league of my own. I ain't talking to no more red pill ninjas. <laughs> right? And I pissed off a couple of my real friends in the red pill. But I said, I'm disassociating with everybody. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to talk to nobody no more. I'm in my own show. They're like, you should collab with. I was like, hell no. Nah. They bringing out ninjas on wheelchair game. I got to go. I was like, I, I'm on my own out here, ninja. That's why I got demonetized. All them ninjas got mad that I roasted they ass for bringing a wheelchair ninja out. I was like, I'm out. I'm out of the red pill. <laughs> I was like, we didn't jump the shark. We took this shit too far. I'm done with this bullshit. It's still on the internet, too. It lives forever. But I'm like, bruh, y'all niggas want to come on here and mention me in the same breath? I'm the king of kings of this shit. Did you not remember, ninja? This is the numero uno primo, the Don El Jefe. All right, over here. Ninja, this is numero uno, number one. All right, I'm alone around here. New, 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 new world order. <laughs> I was like, I'm alone in this shit. Free agent lifestyle is the only solution for y'all ninjas. I'm alone in this shit. And anybody associating with them, I was like, I don't want to do no more collabs. <laughs> All right, ninjas trying to get me in the same building as these ninjas. Hell no. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'm the only one left. All right, anyway, man. Yep, this is the great Coach Alini. I was like, there's no more left. This only me. I'm the only realist ninja out here. They got wheelchair ninja coming. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right anyway so we'll talk about cold we'll bring up cold approach this seems to be a popular subject here and uh, i do have a philosophy on approaching women i do have a it, it is 
does it it is a philosophy that does not say talking to women is bad. Like you would say, because I'm not in agreement with cold approach as a tactic. All right, but talking to women is gonna be normal in public. Like shooting your shot in some instances is normal, but it has to be in the instance that I give you that I talk about here. But uh if you want to consider online game as well, like online. Um, you know, because women get attention online, you can consider that as well. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh man, yep. Shout out to Maryland guy says, How about those Ravens? I told y'all we were going all the way. Don't celebrate too soon out here. Ninja out here celebrating already. You talking too much shit. It's too uh it's too early for this shit. You guys gotta let I gotta let you know the playoff draw. <laughs> all right. Big Buck says, Coach, do you remember Chico and the man show? Yeah, that's going way back. Oh, man, these old ninjas is in here. Shout out to my old ninjas. We going to the 70s. We going to the 70s in the building, man. Shout out to all my 70s and 80s brothers out here. Chico and the man. All right, Starsky and Hutch. Ninjas out here. Starsky and Hutch. All right, let me see if I got everybody. Shout out. Did I get CJ? I did. All right, so that means I can move on. I can move on, man. Yo, wild times. I've been in this space for a long time. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen the newcomers arrive. i see Kevin Samuels evolve. Um, I've seen Kevin Samuels become pretty much a person that was struggling to gain views, and then all of a sudden he was a top guy. I, was, I got a chance to witness that. That was great. I saw the arrival of AMS, which he went through the stratosphere. Um, I saw the decline of, you know, the people that are behind the scenes where they were the biggest voices. And then I seen the popularity of people who started to show their face versus the people who did not. That definitely was an interesting transition. Um, the MGTOWs, the ascent and rise of the MGTOW. And uh, simply, they've been kind of replaced by Purple Pill. Purple Pillars have kind of squashed the MGTOWs, unfortunately. Purple Pill, I've got a lot of hope strategists have come over uh, since the rise of Kevin Samuels, which he benefited greatly from COVID. And uh, basically, a, which was an interesting thing for him, he was doing fragrances and suits and then became very critical. It, he was targeting men with this content. And just as a whim, had women call him. That was a fantastic, that was one of the most fantastic uh, rises of a content creator that had been here and he couldn't get the lane going, you know what I mean? He couldn't get quite get it right and couldn't get his, you know, a lot of men were pissed off on him. And to have it, boom, completely flip and whew, rise, that was absolutely amazing. Fresh and Fit, the or origination of Fresh and Fit I was here for. Yep, a lot of the guys, the dating coaches, demise, the demise of the dating coaches. I got to see that. They were prevalent and had good audiences. Now they are undercover dating coaches. Undercover dating coaches. They're dating coaches. They talk about what MGTOWs talked about and popularized in the 1990s. I mean, the, the, the 1919s and 19, sorry, the 2019s. And now the dating coaches basically just hammer points home that are red pill and uh, based in MGTOW, if you will, and then they just soup it up, and then they'll come with some dating coach angle, all right? So I've seen them 
completely get demolished and then kind of rise back up from the ashes. I've seen that. I've, I've been here for it all, man. I've been here for it all. I've been here for it all. I've seen all the shit. <laughs> all right, anyway. I've been here for it all. I've been around for, oh, I've seen the rise of the black manosphere. The rise of the black manosphere. The canceling of the black manosphere. I saw that too. They got canceled all together in one day. Yep. The ad apocalypse saw all of it. Saw all of it, man. This has been a definitely a great evolution of this space. All right. So right now we have the daughter is the problem here on the free agent lifestyle. I'm going to end the poll because it's time to move on. And who's over here? They said the daughter's at fault. So the daughter will return to these streets. In these streets. The daughter shall return to these streets. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of MGTOWs no use Tom Likas' talking points. All right, I was here for that. I was here around for a lot of the other people that uh, have been a part of this space and we use their talking points. And those guys completely disassociated with MGTOW. Patrice O'Neill when he was alive um, and um, also Bill Burr. A lot of people use their videos and talking points to get their points across only for them to find out that they were not inclusive of Red Pill and MGTOW, right? Right, they would never even say they would be Red Pill and MGTOW. Bill Burr, Tom Likas, um, the one guy, I keep remember forgetting his name, Patrice O'Neill. they would never say they were MGTOW. In fact, many of them were dating and got married. All right, but a lot of what they said, we would use as talking points, indeed. All right, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, man, I've seen all of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember a video where uh, somebody, Bill Burr, would, was asked a question about MGTOW and the red pill, and he thought it was stupid. So, which was, which was hardcore, because a lot of times at that time, MGTOW was a, a, the redheaded stepchild of the, at the Manosphere, and um, a lot of people got offended by that because they had used his talking points for so long, and then he had actually read about it on the screen and he was like, MGTOW, going their own way, that's dumb. And then he married that black woman, Nina, or Nia, that ended up flipping off uh, Donald Trump. I mean, what a disaster. What a disaster. Mm. All right, Big John. Yeah, Big John. I was here for the MRAs, like Paul Enum, Elam, and the Voiceman. Man, I was here for all of these, right? I've been here since at least 2015, right? I've been around since 2015 uh, with the Paul Proteus, all right, certainly 2016 when I was listening, but 2015, I was watching. All right, so here we are. Eight, I've been around eight years, although I've only been making content for five years or just over five years, but I was here a good two or three years before that. I didn't just jump. I didn't, I'm not a Johnny come lately here. I'm not a Johnny come lately. A lot of y'all came around when Kevin Samuels came here, right? That was when y'all first come in, and you were like, I want a microphone too. I'm on a podcast too. All right, but yeah, I've been here for a long, long time. Anyway, shout out to y'all. Let's get back to the show. How about these four female cop failures out here? Four female cop failures. Oh, the rise of the angry man in the black manosphere. Yep, I was around. Obsidian, shout out to them brothers. Four female cops. Four female cops try to subdue one male one male uh, individual here, and uh, is this an affirmative action hire? There is no volume on this, but as you can see, we have four Gorditas getting out of the car. 
All right, look at these chunky. <laughs> this woman's waddling out of the car. So let's take a look here. She waddling, fixing her panties. All right, she got to fix her panties in the back. All right, here they come waddling over. And there's one George Floyd fentanyl ninja here looking. He got a hood. All right, he's got a hood on. And uh, they surround him. And uh, yeah, let's see how this goes right here. He's dropping his fentanyl on the street, apparently. And he's going to go full George Floyd. I hope they don't put a knee in his neck. All right, and uh, here we go here. Uh Uh-oh, it looks like they're going to say, yep, you're arrested here. Time to grasp the ninja there. And there he is right here. Now, what I, yeah, she chunky. Look at this chunky right here. Look at this chunky woman right here. Is this New York? This has definitely got to be New York. All right, because if you ever see New York cops, many of them are not in good shape. All right, many of them are not in good shape. So why they send out four women? Like, this is not what I want. Let's just say I was getting beat up. Let's see if I was getting beat up and the cop showed up. Whoop, whoop. All right, the cop showed up like this. I was like, please, thank you very much. I'll be like, thank you, cops, for showing up. And four big women jumped out the thing. I would be like, oh, ninja, I'm just dead. Ring the bell. All right, I'm dead. It's Chicago. Chicago, the city of Capone. There's no place. There's no place. There's no place like home. Chicago. All right. Now, Chicago, these Chicago Vienna sausage eating cops over here. Donuts and Vienna sausages. Okay, so now I don't think we're going to have a George Floyd, George Floyd incident here. But that's definitely a sniggle. And they got him hemmed up here. They got him locked up. Come on, man, get his arms. Come on, ladies. Oh, they got Boom Quisha out here with her wig under her hat. Oh, my goodness. Mm. All right, here we go right here. A total combined weight of 1,000 pounds. That is 1,000 pounds of women. And this ninja is a slim fit, at least maybe 180, 190. All right. All right, here we go here. This is going to be a disgraceful. All right, here we go right here. And they can't get, okay, they got him. They got him. Boom Quisha looking at his face. Damn, you kind of close to me, Boom Quisha. Mm. All right, she's saying, just don't, just don't resist. And it's best to not, uh-oh. Oh, he's like, you can't get me. All right, 1,000 pounds of women. And they can't get this ninja to get his arm back behind it. Now, I'm going to tell you, as a as a person that would do this, this is a very difficult thing to do, even for two male police officers. But we got four people. We can't take them down. Uh, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. You're definitely not getting the cuffs on him. Oh, man, we still a minute left in this video. All right, we got the dance, the dance. Uh-oh, he got him. Okay, there's a sexual assault going on there. All right, they got him against the wall. Get a knee in his neck already. All right, come on, man. And who's, where's the camera? Wait. Who's filming this? I always tell you, man, you surveillance people here. Allow these people to surveil you. So this is a video camera and probably a a stoplight. I mean, a street lamp uh, or something like that. (laughs) All right, here we go right here. Four women cap this ninja in a headlock. This is, uh, can't get him. Oh, look at this, man. Oh, this is terrible right here. Oh, the humanity. Man, and these women are not in shape at all. Uh, I can't imagine. Okay, where's the video camera? Oh, my goodness. The truck is coming up. There he is over there. They got him him. The other one then dropped out. So now we got three. Uh Uh-oh. And the other one gave up. Come on, ma'am. You can't give up. What happened? Did you get hit in the throat? Let's see what happens. Why did she give up? I think the camera panned away right when she got out of there. 
All right, they wrestling them. I think she got hit right there. You can't see it because when you return back, she's back here. Uh, she definitely got hit in the the solar plexus, right? In the xiphoid process, and she's out of breath. Okay, oh, ma'am, damn. You don't get his legs. Oh, there you go right there. <laughs> All right, I'm pretty sure he grazed the titty or something. I'm pretty sure because you see these women's titties. They got some big old ta-tas. All right, why this truck blocking? Boy, this truck came along right at the right time here. Wow. New, 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 new world order. The truck just happened to come along right then and there. All right, boy, I tell you, coincidences. But what do you think, man? This is definitely the second city. These, they got two women here. How come nobody went for his legs? I'm trying to figure out why. The, why they all trying to grab his arm. Like, if you get him to the ground and put a knee in his neck, you might would have been more successful. <laughs> and I don't think they caught him. I think they he was caught eventually, but I don't think they caught him. And I don't think they even ran to go get the ninja. Let me see here. All right, there they go over there. All right, somebody get, his, get him by the legs. Where's your jujitsu at? Oh, these women out here struggling. Oh, ladies. And this one, supervisor chick. Come on, lady, get the cuffs on him already. She don't even want to get into action. She definitely, oh, where are these desk cops? Who sent these desk cops at at night? <laughs> Affirmative action. Where's the taser, ninja? Where's the knee in the neck? Something. I would have put a knee in his neck if I was a woman. Sweep the leg. Oh, she trying to sweep the leg. Boom, Quisha. Boom, Quisha trying to sweep the leg. All right, that ain't going to happen. All right, here come a truck. They're like, oh, a truck's going to block it. All right, but right, look, she out there. Oh, man, she didn't want no action. This one right here. She already out. She dropped or something of them. She distracted. Man, tackle him right there, ma'am. You should have went right for the leg, right behind the kneecap. All right, you should have went right down to his kneecap and got him. But you didn't do it. <laughs> All right. Maybe they wanted to. You know what I'm noticing here? This might have been a. Trying. All right. Look at these big breasts as women, man. It's tough when you got big breasts. It's up. Oh, there he goes. There he goes right there. Oh. Oh, man. Ladies, this is an L right here. That's an L. Affirmative action. What's going on, ladies? Where the Hercules ladies at? Where the big bodybuilding chicas at? How much these women get paid to let this one pookie run on their ass? How many? How many? They out of breath? <laughs> hey, man, you need to go to jujitsu class ASAPidly. All right, but they're like, we, we, we have the same job title. And we don't have the equal pay. They was like, okay, go ahead. We got equal pay now. We're going to bump your pay up. Uh, but you don't realize that cops, on their off hours, they go to jujitsu class mm. while you sitting at home on your ass. So now you got equal pay and you got equal responsibility to uh, subdue assailants. In order to do so, you need to spend time in jujitsu class. Like a lot of cops do, but you don't want to do it. You got your titties out there. This is crazy. Mm. You know them girls got some big old saggy waggies. Look at them backs. Look at the backs on these women. All right. These got some melons. All right. Under them uh, flap jackets. You know them melons is humongo. All right. Let me see. Where's that one lady at? Looking like a kindergarten teacher retired. Where's she at? I'm going to show you right here. Look at them. You know that. Look at them shoulders. Look at all that arm. You know them melon. Look, she leaning all on me with the melons. Ooh. 
some sloppy saggy waggies. Look at them boys right there. Boy, you know them ones right there. That Puerto, they look like a Puerto Rican cop in there too. She look like a Puerto Rican. All right, you know she got them big old dark areolas with the big pencil eraser nipples. Ooh, wait. I would love to take a peek at them. She can put them on my back. She can put them thing on my back anytime. Put them on my back. Put them on me. <laughs> All right, unbig them backs, lady. You might want to be able to get out there and chase Pookie down. Unbig them backs <laughs> for a second. Where they at? Look at all four of them, the Keystone Cops right here. Look at this. Gone. Keystone Cops. Look at them all in the line. Man, ain't nobody got no taser. <laughs> what do we do? Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, oh, boy. Ladies, go ahead and take the L right here. Where is... You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Ladies... This is a bad look. This is a bad look. All right. This is something that you need to uh, work on. Bad breakups and we're almost to the main event. Oh, we got two more important things to the main event. Bad breakups. We have a woman that cheated on her boyfriend. This is common young love, college love. Uh, let's take you to the video. <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to be abandoned right now. And like, you're just like everyone else who tried to fucking leave me. And I just don't know leave what you, you made a decision and you got caught. You're leaving me. Decision to do what? Like, you linked somebody and you got caught. It wasn't even that you serious. My, my it wasn't that serious. Stop. Stop. He was a hooper. He played basketball. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't that serious. Like Y'all like actually. Yeah, uh, but it was just a one-time thing. And we used protection. It wasn't no, even for that no. long. So I don't even know why you're bugging. Like, it was not even for that long. Like, can you please come back to me? Please? Get off of me. Please come don't back. Like, stop. <laughs> just please. Like, you're overreacting. Oh, uh, you're overreacting. It is all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. Oh, man. Okay. All right. I only did it because you didn't answer your fucking phone. Like, she only did it because you didn't answer your phone, and all of a sudden, I was getting piped down. He didn't answer his phone, so I got piped. Okay. You never answer your phone, and you're never Bro, there you for me. You, you know what I'm doing. You're never there the for me. What oh. gym? What gym are you at? You know what like, what gym at. opens that layer? Ah, uh, boy, she, boy, this is a master gaslighting and manipulation. Um, And, you know, ladies, I know uh, we talk about these things for a lot, uh, a lot. But most of our experiences as young men is this, right? It's it's not that we got here and we're 35 and we get manipulated by women. No, we get really, really cut down when we're young, all right? Um, and this is why our youth and women's youth is so important. This is why we often reflect back to when women are popular, when women are uh, most fertile, when women are young, because that's where men get scarred. We get scarred bad because young women be playing some vicious ass games. Vicious. I mean, it's bad. So women will be like, well, I'm a good woman now. I'm 34. I'm 36. I'm 40. Well, you were a young woman too, and you were scarring the shit out of men. Hence, you're single now. And most of us been like, this is our earlier experience with women. And we, not all of us, we do our best to be good to them. And we get scarred with this type of manipulation and gaslighting and breakdown mentally and, and manipulate. Well, did I say manipulation and, and uh, blaming? 
and then you didn't hold me, you know, all the way into our 20s, almost to when we're 30. It's because I want to be held, and I found a guy that held me. You pushed me into his arms. Every single freaking excuse you can come up with, all the way until we hit 30. And then all of a sudden before that or right around there, we'd be like, fuck this shit. And then we go focus on our lives, and then our lives get better, and here come y'all old bitches and old bats with the old, well, I'm a good woman. I'm wholesome. I'm clean. <laughs> and this poor guy getting, guys, this poor guy is in a damn tuna can, a.k.a. his car, getting roasted, manipulated, manipulated. Nobody can help him. Um, if somebody does come to help, she's going to cry and play the victim. Obviously, you know that's coming. She's going to cry and play the victim and say he, assault, she, he assaulted her. He beat her up. Okay. And men are handcuffed. We don't have, young men at this age don't have the wherewithal, the tools to deal with this type of manipulation. At all. And this is where men get traumatized and scarred. So when they be like, where are you meeting these women? And what, what, what? And it, oh, you, you got traumatized when you were young. Well, grow up and be older and be a man and man up and step up and handle your responsibility and get married and don't be scared. And Ninjas done had it up to here from 15 to 25, like, holy shit. Sometimes up to 30 with this stuff right here. Fake crying, yep. Fucking liar. Um, okay. Like, you don't even care all about right, me right, at all. All right, all right, how long was this going on for? Like, though? for a month, but it wasn't even that serious. Did you, did you read off her? Yeah, but, yeah. Why are you right, asking gonna... me that? What the crap is this? Like, where are you going? Do not leave me. Oh, <laughs> man. Ooh, wait. Man, I had one like this. I had one like this. Guys, and what happens is as women get older, they don't play these games like that anymore. They know how to manipulate without having to do that. And this is why I shy away from older women. Coach, older women don't play games. Are you crazy? They are experts at the manipulation to the point where they know not to act like that. They'll get you another way around. Older women play more games than Sega, Ninja. <laughs> Sega PlayStation. They say they poor play, play more games than Atari 2600. They play, some, they play some games, expert level games. The manipulation is crazy. And they love bomb and they feed you punani like you crazy. They treat you like a mama and then they get you in a spider web and they got games. All right. And so you hear this. This is a young woman, obviously, I would say teenage into early 20s. All right. And uh, when you're older and you have leverage, they can't play these games. When you're older and you have leverage, they can't play these games. All right, but if you are goofy-ass ninja, look, money is not going to get you from beating these games. You got to have leverage and options. You got to have, that's the only way you beat them. All right, because you can walk smooth away and they're like, shit, I can't do nothing with this ninja. But when young guys don't have leverage and options, they got to deal with this shit. All right, as soon as she start up and you don't walk away, you fuck. And so he's in love. He loves the girl. He's been violated by her. He's been used. He's been cheated on. And he's probably four times bigger than her. He looks like a tall basketball playing ass ninja. And she sounds like a young petite woman. And um, yeah. And now she's hitting him with everything. Oh, don't walk away from me. You're going to abandon me and leave me. I just want to be held. And you push me into his arms. Expert level uh, uh, manipulation. Because I feel like I'm going to be abandoned right now. And like, you're just like everyone else who tried to fucking leave me. And I just don't know. Leave what you. you made a decision you're and you got caught. Me. The decision 
like, you linked somebody and you got caught. It wasn't even that you went serious. My back and it wasn't you that serious. Stop. Was stop. He was a hooper. He played basketball. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't that serious. Like, Y'all like actually. Yeah, like, but it was just a one time thing and we used protection. It wasn't even for that long. So I don't even know why you're bugging. Like, well, she also lying too. She's also lying, which is sad too. Right? It was one time and it was we used protection and she's lying about that too. Because then she said it was a month. Now it's only one time. I mean, unfortunately, guys aren't equipped to handle these things. And um, this is the type of manipulation that young men go through in their teens, late teens, 20s. And uh, he's handcuffed because he wants to beat the shit out of her probably. And he can't do that. He'll go to jail. And um, he's kind of in a catch-22 because if this doesn't work, if this doesn't work for her, she's going to use a court of public opinion, a restraining orders. He's fucked. He's going to get a restraining order. He's going to catch a case. You know what I mean? He might catch himself a misdemeanor and have to do community service. And she's going to lie like hell. Soon as he walks away from her, he already knows it's going to happen. So it's sad. But uh, anyway, man, guys, it's sad. Here's another one here, obviously dealing with a young, uh, youngish type female. Uh, let's see here. So it says, imagine a female doing this to your house. Because she find out, found out you've been talking girls or taking girls to Wee Wee World. Wee Wee World. Where is that at? You've been taking girls. Okay, here we go. Oh, man. All right, so she definitely got a hold of this ninja crib. And the smoke detector is going off. All right, there it is right there. You've been taking girls to Wee, oh, Wee, Wee World. I guess you've been cheating on her. I guess that's not. I'm supposing. I'm supposing that's cheating on her. Okay. I think Wee Wee World is uh, cheating on her. That's what I'm going to just gauge from there. Um, And there you go right there. She has definitely destroyed everything. And uh, everything's definitely destroyed. You dev uh, you know, women that this is definitely, a, I'm hoping this is a young woman. And uh, wow, she definitely got to work, man. That's the kitchen, the refrigerator. Oh, not the refrigerator tipped upside down. And uh, barbecue sauce and ketchup. They, oh, they got to have children, too. And it looks like a murder scene right there. Or, sorry, a self-deletion scene right there. Yeah, she got it. And it says here, I just want you to know. <laughs> Take a look. It says, good for her. You get what you deserve. Uh, these are the type of women that are out here that say they're the good women, huh? Good for her. So damaging property is a mature response, son. You just can't leave. What about this? She's innocent. All right, here's another woman. Good for her. This one, I like her. Teach a nigga everything. And every time, I mess it up. Uh, this woman says, playing with somebody's health is very low down and dirty. So, oh, well. And Wee Wee World here, he says right here, seemed like she uh, took it pretty easy. Look at you alive. Taking a video. Is that a man or a woman? Uh, Yeah, man. It's a cold, cold world out here. It's a cold, cold world. It says, why you cheating if you know your girl live with you is my question. Okay. Uh, again. <laughs> now you can bring all the girls from Wee Wee World to help you clean it up. All right. So here we go right there, man. I, I think this type of response is absolutely. In, and this is why I tell men. It's important that you just stay single um, because I wouldn't 
want to deal with type of stuff like this. I don't support cheating. I don't defend cheating. But I also don't defend criminal acts as well. Cheating is not a crime. All right, cheating is basically you violated another person's trust. It can be considered a crime, but it doesn't mean you get to commit a crime against someone if they cheated. For instance, if a woman cheats, can we commit crimes against them? <laughs> I mean, I'm not defending cheating, but I certainly don't say you get to commit a crime because you cheated. You got cheated on. No, you got to be able to say, I took that on the chin. All right, and that so forth and so on. But um, as you can see, she definitely has support for her behavior, which is criminal. She committed crime and she damaged property. She probably committed a class C or a class A misdemeanor or at least a class C felony. I, I'd rather stay single. It's not, it's not worth cheating out here. Uh, what about uh, passport bros? Let's talk about ninjas here. Don't bring your foreign bitch back with you. A couple of things to educate you with. This is what I do. I'm here to educate you. And give you things here. This divorce attorney says marrying a non-citizen is a trap. He means a non-U.S. citizen. And we'll take you to two of the scenarios that you should be aware of for you sucker for love ninjas. Right? You guys always want to talk about all your options. Well, we're here to teach you all your options with the honest to God truth. 90 days fiance is a real thing and it is dangerous. There's a trap. When you marry a non-citizen and you bring him or her here to this country, you sign a financial affidavit. Once you sign this financial affidavit, you are swearing to Uncle Sam that you would be financially responsible for this person and that this person will never ever be on the welfare system so let's assume you did the fiance visa she comes here or he comes here and you marry and two years later things don't work out and you decide to divorce guess what the financial affidavit is enforceable under the law you are financially responsible for this person for the next 10 years or until he or she is capable of providing for themselves if you guys enjoy this clip give me a follow all right so this is the divorce lawyer whale w-a-i-l and i got money and he's basically saying when you bring a wife when you bring a wife over for us you bring a wife over that is not a u.s citizen you're supporting her you're claiming that you're going to support her because she cannot be involved on the strained welfare system we're not supporting welfare for foreigners although we do now but you signed that you were going to take care of her financially. So if it doesn't work out and she's riding Johnson from somewhere else, you guys split up in divorce, you still got to pay her way unless she's able to financially support herself or himself. If they don't get a job and they say, I don't want to get a job, they don't have to get a job. You're going to have to support them. That's what the law says. And most of you guys are so excited, you see the paper, sign this. What is this? You don't know. And then your financial affidavit, and now you're supporting her. Okay, so that's the number one thing here that you he wanted you to be aware about is that. The other thing is the divorce rate of foreign marriages is relatively lower. It's considerably lower to the divorce rate of the average American marriage. So there's that. Now, one of the reasons why it's low is because there's not that many of them per capita or in comparison 
to American marriages, right? There's a lot of them, so you have a lot to work against versus the small percentage of foreign marriages where the divorce rate is actually lower. Sometimes you bring a foreigner over and they just disappear. You don't got to divorce them. And they found somewhere 86th, if you know what that is, eight miles out and six feet under. So there's that. Also, you have the Violence Against Women's Act, which is a, a hard thing for you to navigate around if you get with a foreign woman, if she's a, even if you meet her and she's a foreign woman here in America, not bringing her back, but she's not a citizen in America and you get with her. First of all, if you have a child, if you have a baby with this woman, the child is now a citizen and she ain't, you ain't getting shit over on her. You're going to have to support that child as an American citizen and that woman probably is going to get citizenship by proxy through her child. They're not going to send the woman back and keep the child here and give them to you. So you shit out of luck right there. But the VAWA, VAWA, the Violence Against, America, Violence Against Women's Act, uh, is very deadly for a lot of men who are ignorant to it because women are very predatory and they want to get citizenship. Sometimes, and I know a woman like this, they will get married with the full intent or move in with you with the full intent to get you in a situation where she can claim domestic violence. If she claims domestic violence, she could be automatically green-lighted to a green card for protection. She gets to skip the line on a claim of domestic violence. She doesn't need evidence or proof. All she needs is to go down there and get a claim. And remember, domestic violence can not just be you violating her. It could be anyone that lives with you, which is uh, your child. Say you have a teenage child. And she moves in with you. And then the teenage child and her get into it. Or your mother lives with you. And the mother and her gets into it. You can get a domestic violence. And she can go straight to get green lit for a green card. Okay? Right away. So this is an instant citizenship for them. And a lot of women here that are looking at their visa expiring will get with men and get into a relationship with them. And or women that are wanting to say, I love you long time and come to America and you bring her back. They are definitely know about these laws. They know about all of these things. They know about the fact that they, you signed a financial affidavit. Oh, it's just love me. Love you. I love you. And all of a sudden it don't turn into love. It turns into business. Somebody says, if you get hand up on this, listen to coach, you deserve it. This is all stuff that men do not realize. And then when I say men are in love, women are in business, it's because men tend to avoid the love thing. I mean, the contract, the business end of it when they're in love. Women know the business end and then they fall in love. So they know all these traps and snares. They know all the snares that you're getting into. Oh, but, but honey, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, don't worry about it. And then you get hemmed up. I know people who get hemmed up. So don't bring your foreign woman back. I would tell you never do it. Stay your passport ass over there. Do your passport shit, all right? And if, you, if you're so dumb as to overlook everything that has to do with marriage and everything and you don't know the risk you're taking and you just overlook the risk because you are feeling in love and you don't realize that this woman, I always tell you what, the divorce is planned before the wedding. This is an example of the divorce planned before the wedding. You guys think she's just looking to divorce you. When I say the divorce is planned before the wedding, the Violence Against Women's Act is an example 
of the divorce being planned before the wedding, meaning that she can say, hey, I know about this law. I love him, but if it doesn't go right, I'll use this law. That's the divorce is planned before the wedding. You guys think I'm crazy out here. It's an exit strategy. Start a husband, vow a prenup, uh, what do you call it, alimony, child support. They know about this stuff before you walk her monkey ass down the aisle. (laughs) They know about all of these things. Start her husband, getting property, division of assets. Every woman knows about this. Then you find out through me, and then you go talk to her about it like a dumbass because she hasn't talked to you about it, has she? She hasn't. Then you bring it up to her, and she's like, what? What do you mean? Huh? What? She acts stupid, and then she says, don't worry about that. We're, our love is forever. Then your dumb ass come over here acting like I didn't educate you, and you walk that aisle. And now your ass stuck on stupid. So I'm just letting you know. They all know these things. Half the money, split assets, community property. They know all of these things before your jackass falls in love with them. They know about it. Do they live in a common law state? They know about child support. They know about alimony. They know about all of it. You know who don't know about it? You. And here's the thing. Men are the last to know. And you know why? Because our ego believes that our ego is not our amigo. Our ego believes that the one I, they love you for you. They, your ego believes that she would never do this to me. Your ego believes that, hey, she's like that today. She's going to be like that tomorrow. Your ego believes that you can physically outsmart her, right? You could just say, well, if she does this, she can't beat me because I'm bigger and stronger and faster. None of that shit matters, Ninja. None of that shit matters. You F around, you're going to find out. Women are very, very crafty and smart. Never underestimate them and never believe that they don't know about any of these things we're talking about. Huh? What? Huh? 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 Please. Please. You guys will find out. Anyway, let's get back to some fun. Let me catch up on some super chats. Anastasia Boss. Anastasia Boss, New York says, don't worry, Coach Gang Gang. This ninja about to clap all four of them cheeks after Pookie get locked up. He will. He will get that whistle wet. All right. With them girls with the big under the the the, the fat under the in the titty. Yeah, the fat in the bra. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Somebody says uh, a content creator said that the divorce rate is so low you shouldn't worry about it. Again, I, I acknowledge that the divorce rate is low. All right, but Ninja, do you want to be on the other side of it? <laughs> Listen. The divorce rate is lower. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. The divorce rate is low. However, I know a woman that was in that situation, and it was bad. Now, again, that's my own anecdotal evidence. And also, you know what? You know what the, you know what the, <laughs> you, you know what's higher than the divorce rate of a foreigner? Foreign raise? <laughs> Hold on for a second. Let me get it right. Hold up. You know what's higher than the divorce rate of foreign marriages? The murder rate. Okay. Now, you want to know something higher than the, the divorce rate? A lot of them foreigners come up missing in trans ca- trash cans, packed in suitcases, missing limbs. All right. And they don't got to get a divorce. 
Ninja, you know, they don't go to get no divorce. Ninja, get, one of them end up folded in the damn suitcase in the trash heap, and they can't locate the whole body parts. But that ain't neat. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just letting you know. They don't get divorced. They get lost at sea or in the desert. So... <laughs> they get caught up. Hold on for a second. Let me see something here. Let me see here. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. You think I'm lying, right? You think I'm lying. I'm going to pull up three stories. Watch. I, I, I'm, I'm here to teach y'all. All right. Ninjas don't get divorced. They ain't letting them divorce you. All right. They just be like, all right, time to fold these ninjas up. Trash can. They get found out. Look, I'm just let. Here we go. Look, oh, where is it at? Where that ninja at? Where the white dude at? All right, hold on for a second. White dudes be doing this shit too. White dudes right here. Look, Maylene, Maylee got lost. She got lost at sea. You seen your wife? I haven't seen her. When was the last time you seen her? I don't know. She ran off with her boyfriend. I have no idea. Maybe she went back. Look. California man accused of dumping body parts, now charged with deleting his wife and the in-laws. Yep, where'd she go? I had no idea. All right, she went back to Korea or wherever she was from. I have no idea. I ain't seen her in a minute. I ain't seen her in a minute. Where the, where the, where the white dude at? You know it was a white dude. Them niggas be, he don't be playing. All right, hold on for a second. I got to find it. They got too many ads and shit on here. We got another one right here. Let's see, where was she from? Uh, here it is right here. Here's another ninja. I don't know where the wife is from. All right, right there. Chopped her up. He was like, let me chop this girl up real quick. All right, no divorce needed. No divorce needed, ninja. I'll just go to jail. Mm. You see here. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I, I'm going to show you another one just so you right here. Look. Uh, look at all these banners. Former fugitive millionaire admitted deleting wife in Newport Beach. All right, there's the white man right there. Where was the wife? Where the wife at? Hold on for a second. Let me see if they show a picture of the wife. Uh, fled to Mexico. Where's the wife at? Please show it. Give me a picture of the wife. All right, let me see the images. Oh, they, don't, they ain't showing a picture of the wife. But she was an Asian, Asian lady. He went on the run. Let's see if they got a picture of the wife. Mm, let me see if I can get her name at least. Mm-hmm. Yep, her, the wife is Q Cho Lim. Well, Q Cho Lim. Let me see if I can find a picture. All right, so there goes the, he was like, oh, hell with that divorce. Oh, I got a picture of him. Here he is right here. Look, <laughs> there he is right there. He was like, divorce my ass. He was like, uh. Yep. <laughs> he brought her on back, brought her on back. He was like, all right, trash can time. And he got up out of here, ninja. This is Newport Beach, Newport Beach, not Newport News, not Virginia, Newport Beach, Ninja, not Newport News, Newport Beach, California. This is in California. 
And where did he put her at? Threw her in the trash can. He was like, uh-uh. Uh, but uh, right here, let me see here. He done fled to Mexico. But uh, yeah, again, yeah, the, the divorce rate might be low. But the self, the, the, the deletion rate higher. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Let's get back to the show. Not, not that I'm suggesting it. It is what it is. It's just what it is. He's like, well, it ain't going to work out. You ain't going to ruin my life. He said he had a what? He had a $2.5 million home in Newport Beach. He was 49. She was 46. They had three kids. I was in Newport Beach when this happened. I was in Newport Beach when this happened. All right. I was like, what? They done found her throwing in the trash can? That's cold-blooded, man. Right by the crib, too. So I remember that. It says right here, he was a, um, she was from Malaysia. She immigrated to the U.S. in the late 80s. She attended Arizona State. She met her husband in college. All right, so there you go right there. All right, so there you go right there, just so you know. Just so you know. Yep, they found her in a dumpster near San Diego. They don't mess around, man. So his ass is going to prison. Big boy jail. This ninja going to Big Bill Joy. All right, anyway. All right, shout out to no government name, BH, over on the Kish app over there. Shout out to the Loud Pocket says, Coach, can you talk about simp-ass Carl Winslow? We'll talk about these guys here coming up here. We got our brother Shan says, Coach, didn't you teach history? We need your expert free agent lifestyle opinion on the Napoleon movie. I got to go check it out. I got to go check that out. I haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't seen the movie yet. Um. Okay, I got all of those. Maryland guys, shout out to you. You were the last one over there. And let me check the Super Chats. And let's talk about these TV dads in the building. All right, uh, what are we doing here? TV dad, Mount Rushmore. Let's talk about some TV dads and have a little bit of fun. The TV dad, Mount Rushmore. What do we got here? Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, some TV dads. We do have a list of TV dads. There's so many to name. You know, if you've been around longer than 20 years, there's so many TV dads. So um, I actually looked it up. And uh, many, many people came up from George Jefferson to uh, Dr. Jason Seaver from Growing Pains, Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. You had uh, Sanford and Son, Fred Sanford, James Evans from Good Times. You even had Al Bundy, Opie Cunningham, Andy Taylor, Tim the Tool Man Taylor from T- Tool Time, Ward Cleaver, Al Bundy, Philip Banks, Carl's Winslow, Frank Costanza, all right, Walter White from the uh, hit TV show about uh, cooking up some bat- Breaking Bad. Did not realize he was a father there. Oh, man, too many fathers to realize. Dre from Blackish, Mike Brady, Reading Rainbow, Tippy Toe. Danny Tanner from Full House. You know, they have so many ta- uh, fathers here. On that list, they missed Bill Cosby. All right, Bill Cosby. But one of the earliest known TV dad personalities on television was this guy, Robert Young, from a TV show called Father Knows Best. All right, where? Young. Let me see here. Oh, they're not going to let me show it because, because it's blanked out because YouTube is censored content. All right, I see what they did there. 
All right, but uh, it's a TV show. I guess I'll have to show it. I can't show you that. Uh, Father Knows Best. And they had, uh, let me see if I can find it here. I have to show you a, a picture. And uh, in the early part of television, the father was the staple. All right, the father was the staple. Look at how they sit in there. The family centered around the father. Look at how the mother's looking at dad. Look at how the child, the children are looking at the dad. Dad was everything. Now, that will tell you a lot about where TV went later on into your current life. Look at how strong and patriarchal the family looks. Look at how by the side the mother looks and just looking with gleam. Okay, you see this? Everybody's looking at dad like, dad, dear old dad. Okay, there was a show called My Three Sons. Let's pull it up. My Three Sons. All right, when the dad was just the rock of the family, let's go ahead and show you my three sons. Look at the patriarchs here raising young boys to men. All right, is that Walter? Is that Mr. Vance there? All right, look, my three sons. Look at that. Hey, boys, look at we're going to raise these men here. And the father here, father knows best, my three sons. And then, of course, times change, of course. Why did times change? Well, let me give you a hint here why things change. And we'll move into the 60s and 70s here. But uh, take a look at this commercial. Take a look at this commercial. And uh, this is a commercial from the 1960s. Uh, Fair use. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. Pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Man, oh my goodness. Oh, the humanity. All right, yeah, this is called a sexist coffee ad. Okay, damn, the girls at the office? Jesus, Ninja, hey, we come a long way for us old Neanderthals here. Damn, he said, bitch, the girls at the office cook some better coffee up than you, bitch. All right. Down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. <laughs> he said, see you later, you bitch. All right, he was like, see you later. You bitch, you bitch. All right, and she felt that. She felt that look at her. She like, oh, Lord. All right, you told me to make better coffee. All right, let's hear what we got here. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So relax. Why don't you try instant folders? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Look at how excited she is to, oh, my birthday? Oh, baby, drop that neck for my birthday. And look how excited. It's barbecue in there. Look how excited women are to please their man. All right, my husband has challenged me to make a better cup of coffee. I'll make one for his birthday, and I'll drop that neck. All right, look at how ladies, look how excited they are to get their, their husband held masculine frame. Bitch, get your coffee game up. And he walked off. <laughs> all right she like i want to i want to tempt this tummy all right all right okay let's see what she gonna do here let's see what kind of rabbit she gonna pull out of the bag and even her neighbor wasn't over there your husband leave him divorce him she like you better learn how to make some coffee out here you bitch you bitch you bitch <laughs> all right, here we go hey great coffee it's instant folgers doesn't it taste good as fresh perked better 
Better than those girls make at the office. Oh. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Oh. It's barbecue in there. Oh, look at this, boy. Hey, y'all want traditional relationships? Y'all want traditional dating ladies? You want traditional relationships? Bitch, get on your coffee game. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> I want a traditional man. Get on your coffee game. Oh, it's barbecue and drop there. that neck. All right, why you at it? Before I go see the girls and they coffee. You know what I mean? They out here trying to tell you they want traditional. Take a look at this. And you see they didn't even kiss on the lips. They didn't even kiss on the lips. He done already took them girls at the uh, office and he took they ass to the woodshed already. <laughs> anyway, but now you see what happened. Why did it change? So that's the 50s going into the 60s. When you had the structure, the patriarchs of the family. All right. My, uh, it says right here, my three sons and father knows best. All right. My three sons. All right. Andy Griffith and shit like this. But they figured out real fast. Well, Fred Flintstone wasn't a father. All right. Some of these guys weren't fathers. So we got to take them off the list. But, um, and neither was uh, Honeymooners, not a father. So what ended up happening? What ended up happening was, in the world of television, they found out women were the consumers of television. Women were the ones that were hooked on the television. Not only that, most of the ads were catered to women. So as women became more prominent as the dominant uh, watchers of television, especially stay-at-home moms and such, they started to change the narrative of the father. No longer was the patriarch the strong father, right? The strong image here. It was women, you can do this. Women, you can do that. When feminism and communism and Marxism found out that women were watching the idiot box, they were like, this is a perfect vehicle to propagandize and switch up women. So they pushed feminism on because women were the primary consumers, right? Oh, Fred Flintstone had pebbles. All right, but that was later on. All right, that was later on. Y'all young ninjas. Okay, so Fred did have Bam Bam. And all right, my bad. My bad. I was bad. My bad. So we'll include Fred Flintstone. All right, so here we go right here. All right, so now we got, now we got women watching. Now, what happened in the 60s? The 60s had television shows. I'm sorry, going into the 70s. The 70s had television shows that had no daddy. All right, no daddy. So I'm going to show you real quick, especially black community. TV show. Julia. Let me show you this. So there was a TV show called Julia going in from the 60s. Right there. That had no daddy. No daddy, no daddy. So it was the first TV show, one of the first TV shows to have a show that had no daddy. She was a single mama nurse. This is Diane Carroll, who died recently in the last couple of years. And of course, she had Zaddy as her boss right here. Get him, daddy. You see that? Zaddy was her boss, and where the kid is on Zaddy's lap. Get him, daddy. All right, there it is right there. So this is what happened. This is 1968. Julia, 1968, black single mother, and there goes her boss right there. There's the doctor, Zaddy. Okay, daddy. So, <laughs> yeah. 
So nothing's new under the sun. Feminism figured out, the Marxists figure out how to get to the women. And you can be strong and independent mama out here with no daddy. All right, you see that right there? Powerful imagery. Powerful imagery. So you had the 60s going into the 70s, and now women started to take the lead. You start Mary Tyler Moore. Single woman, I'm going to make it on my own. I don't need no man. All right, these boots are made for walking. All right, let's take it down, and here we'll come back to the 70s. In the 80s, in the 80s, you had television shows absent the black dad. All right, absent the black dad, and sometimes absent the black mom. All right, that's how bad it was. All right, so what they end up doing was taking the black matriarch and the patriarch out of the entire family. All right, and there were several instances of that where the black child was absent the black father and the black mother altogether. All right, and so you had different strokes. So the mother died, the father, mother, the, the father died, then the mother dies, and then the rich white family takes care of the black children. So no father, no mother. All right, uh, Webster was another one in the 80s that went towards no father, no mother as well. All right, so we'll pull up the Webster right here. The 1980s, no father, no mother, no black. And so the father is adopted. I'm sorry, the child is adopted, and Webster gets taken on by not, not a black mother, not a black father, but white parents, and so forth and so on, right there. All right, so there is... There is the no father. All right. So, yeah, man, you've seen it. 1968 with Julia all the way into the 80s, which was, you know, when these shows came out, it was a 15-year 15 15-year 15 difference, maybe 12-year, where you go from no daddy, single mother, to no, no father, no mother. Let's jump back. Let's jump back to James Evans. James Evans. Here it is right here. What happened to James Evans? James Evans was a very, very strong father figure. I will be your father. Let's pull up James Evans. All right, where's my daddy list? <laughs> my daddy. All right, James Evans is right here. All right, James Evans was the poor father trying to do his best, trying to work hard, trying to lead his family. The mother was there. They probably migrated from the South recently from that. But James Evan was the father that struggled to keep his family together. And the Cabrini Green Projects, I believe, was the so-called setting. And uh, it didn't work out for him. They eventually wrote his ass off the script. All right. They killed the ninja. And he did. All right. And this is what happens when he died. Oh, uh, James Evans, ring the bell. Ring the bell on James Evans. Uh, he definitely got into a spat with Norman Lear, and they wanted her to, they definitely didn't want him to be a part of the show to originate, but um, Norman Lear, if you know, you know. I'm not going to say what race, what people, we know I can't say that. All right, and uh, they wrote him off by killing him off, and then the show went on without James being the present father, and Florida Evans holding the family together with more J.J. and Michael becoming the, you're the now the man of the house. All right, so there it is right there. Damn, damn, damn. He did. So you got James Evans. Uh, James Evans was the mean, I guess I would say he was the mean father that didn't take no shit, even though he was a struggling dad. He didn't have his life together. Now, people did find his imagery not ideal in common, 
but it was common. That was a common experience amongst black folks. It definitely a bigger populace of black folks. So later on, the opposite would happen. So they basically what happens is they swing the pendulum like crazy. And then they come up with Bill Cosby to swing the pendulum from struggling black dad to more of the bourgeoisie middle-class dad. And we'll touch on that in a minute. George Jefferson and Archie Bunker were also around at this time, as well as Fred Sanford from Sanford and Son. So let's take a look at those brothers here. Let me get my menu up real quick. Uh, in the 70s, you had Fred Sanford. Come on, Sanford. Where's Fred Sanford right here? Fred Sanford and Lamont. You big dummy. Which were also poor. It was a poor father, junkyard owner in South Central Los Angeles, if you will. And he was just a guy that was made, you know, it was mo more comedy. These were all com mostly comedies. But Lamont was uh, dedicated to his father. I don't know what happened to the mother in this show. Elizabeth, I think, died. And she was already dead. And so Fred Sanford was close to his son. You don't see many shows like this, especially, you know, in the 90s, they started to rehab this image. All right. Uh, the other one was Archie Bunker. Where's Archie Bunker? All right. From All in the Family. They didn't put him up here. All right, but yeah, they left a lot of dads out. But um, uh, uh, Sherman Hemsley and George Jefferson, he had a son as well, and he was a mama's boy. George Jefferson, he was a mama's boy, my mama, and also a mama's boy was his son. Um, I can't think of his name. All right, so he definitely had that going on there. George Jefferson was a father. Where's Archie Bunker? I gotta pull up Archie. Archie Bunker was definitely an influential dad. Post. World War II father, if you will, coming in with this traditional wife, Edith. And he was a known as probably an abrasive, racist, or prejudiced, kind of uh, stuck in the old time, didn't advance much. Basically, the part of the show was to be racist. And uh, the, the song of the show was, um, the song of the show was, those were the days, all right, which they wanted to take it back to the days where ninjas wasn't in the city. Um, you know, this is an old Midwestern Rust Belt family, average family where the times were changing on him. It was a Vietnam War era. He had a daughter named, I can't remember the daughter's name, but it was played by Sally Struther. He was not a boomer. He was probably more of a, a silent generation. He predated the boomers. So he was ahead of the boomers. His children were boomers. But he kind of would be what a boomer is today. He comes from a generation before the boomers, which would be the silent generation. So he was definitely stuck in his ways. He didn't want to change with the times. And uh, he was a bigot, if you will. Those were the days. And if you listen to the lyrics, Gloria, Gloria, if you listen to the lyrics, it's basically like we want to take it back before ninjas moved in. It basically, <laughs> yeah, Gloria was the daughter with me head. So his daughter lived with him, and then she married a no-good bum, or she was dating a kind of a hippie, a hippie boyfriend, and they irritated him. All right, let me see here. Gloria boyfriend. So this is a kind of in symbolic of what we uh, deal with today, where women move in and they never leave the family. But um, essentially what happens is the hippies, Archie Bunker was paired against the hippies. And Gloria and her boyfriend was a hippie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, those definitely were the boomers here. These were the young boomers who were idealistic. 
and more liberal. And there was the dim-witted mom. So this is one of the rare dim-witted mothers, Edith. Edith was a definitely a dim-witted woman, right? And I think they played, were they Polish or, no, no, they weren't Polish. Because he, he was racist against Polish. Oh, yeah, he was Polish. Okay, so yeah, there we go. That's what I thought. So he was uh, represented a immigrant, like a third generation, second generation immigrant Polish family from the Bible, the Rust Belt, like Midwest City Polish people. If you know, a lot of the Krzyzewskis and the Winn-Dixies and all of the these, it was a Polish guy. So you definitely would get some Polish jokes on the other side. All right, so that's Archie Bunker. He was more just of a guy that would not advance with the time. And so what happened was his neighborhoods got, got um, they, a lot of blacks started moving in from the South, and he could not deal with it. And then George Jefferson was an offshoot of that, a spinoff of that TV series. And George Jefferson would get him that, um, uh, get him that smoke. All right, so uh, going back to some dads here. Mike Brady, another dad right here. Uh, interesting thing about Mike Brady, Brady Bunch. This was kind of the first divorce TV show. Both of the parents were divorced and um, they had children of their own and they got married together and they brought the children together under one house. Now, if you want to know about Mike Brady in real life, he was a tippy toe. He was, he was a fudge packer, AKA he, he, he had sugar in his tank. And this was more of a, nice tv series like nothing really went wrong the worst things that went wrong was jan got a black eye or whatever all right but both tv shows were divorcees getting together this is the 70s so it's ahead of the time and they had children from two different marriages one woman had three children he had three boys i'm sorry one woman the mother had three daughters and he had three sons they move them in together (laughs) crazy who comes up with this shit yeah Sherman Hemsley George Jefferson was allegedly a tippy toe as well Uh, a lot of people don't know that but he actually just so you know he's actually been outed or he outed himself as a tippy toe shout out to the tippy toes out here I'm not against it but George Jefferson for people who didn't know was allegedly a tippy toe as well all right but that was very prevalent in Hollywood (laughs) backdoor bandit all right, um, anyway, a lot of tippy-toes running around here. Uh, it is what it is. Getting back. You don't think Archie was Polish? Yeah, he, I, I, he might not have been Polish because I think they were, race, they were racist against Polish people as well. And if people don't know, a lot of, um, this term is not used a lot, but wasp, waspy or wasp was a term for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Now, that community has been somewhat washed, and they just call them white folks now. And everybody's white now. But back in Archie Bunker's time, they were wasps, meaning that these were, these were people that were not Catholic. They were not immigrants, meaning they didn't, come at, they didn't come from Poland or Germany or they weren't Jewish or they weren't Catholic or they weren't Italian. Uh. Like, these people were immigrants, Germans and Italians. If you look at the Midwest, Irish, was he Irish? Yeah, he hated Polacks. They would call them Polacks, which was a racist term to people from Polish, uh, Poland. But the Midwest saw a lot of these immigrants come in to these areas and dominate them before the black migration into the cities. 
And a lot of WASPy people were against other immigrants. And a lot of immigrants were against other immigrants, Russians and Germans, Russians and uh, uh, Jews and Germans were in these cities, Polish people. And yeah, they were definitely white people were against white people for a long time until ninjas moved in. Mm. <laughs> ninjas moved in. And then everybody said, we don't want them ninjas. Right. And so you guys don't remember a time. I kind of remember a time where Irishes were discriminated against and Polish people were discriminated against. And I remember that time. Now I was very young, but this is an old time where today Italians were discriminated against. And um, today, all of those people are white. Now it's somewhat weird, but 40, 50 years ago, they were kind of fighting each other for territory and space. And they were discriminated against by other whites. A lot of people don't remember this, but I re I'm old enough to remember a little bit of this. And Archie Bunker represented that. So he was not only racist against blacks, he was racist against other immigrant, white immigrants, European immigrants. Look it up. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but anyway, enough about that. Drunk history. Mike Brady, uh, father. Let's go into the 80s and the 90s for people who probably recognize the show. Uh, what do we got here? Let's talk about the 90s. Al Bundy. All right, Al Bundy. We're going to vote for our, uh, Mount Rushmore. Oh, no, I missed the 80s. I got to go to Bill Cosby. <laughs> All right, Bill Cosby. Where We got to go to Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show was different because Bill Cosby was the first black father that represented a middle-class or upper-middle-class elite position. So prior to Bill Cosby, you had different strokes, no black mother, no black father. They both were from Harlem, and they dead. Webster, abandoned as an orphan. Then you got James Evans from Good Times. You have Julia, no father. You have Fred Sanford, a junkyard owner. You have... um. You have George Jefferson kind of moving on up. Uh, he represented a middle class as well, but he was somewhat more, you would say, ignorant. Now, Bill Cosby represented the bourgeois or the bougie class where you could have a doctor and a lawyer. See, the other families always had some mixed up, you know, they rags to riches or they trying to hit the riches. And I forgot Jed Clampett and whatnot. But Bill Cosby represented the Hey, you can have a stable, middle-class background, raising your kids. No financial strife. Our strife is just raising our kids. Now, Bill Cosby, unfortunately, did a little bit of damage to his reputation by his off-screen behavior. Mm. <laughs> right? But he represented a, a, a part of television that white families would have, like in Family Ties and Growing Pains and ALF. His kids got to be able to live out that existence in the 80s. And he was the father who sometimes did dim-witted things, but also can hold masculine frame and all of that stuff. But yeah, that's what he represented. He was a father like that. All right. Yeah, and he was a gynecologist, awkward enough. Do you want to see the scene where he spikes the barbecue? <laughs> I love this scene. All right, this is one of my favorite scenes I've showed before here. Bill Cosby and the barbecue. Let me see here. Uh, there's a funny clip of it here. Let me see if I can play it here. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
I love your neck. Fair use. Well, uh, it certainly is nice to see them work things out for themselves. They haven't worked anything out for themselves. It's my barbecue sauce. Your barbecue sauce. My barbecue sauce. Haven't you ever noticed after people have some of my barbecue sauce, after a while when it kicks in, they get all huggy-buggy? It's barbecue in there. Stop. I'm dead serious. <laughs> haven't you ever noticed that after one of my barbecues and they have the sauce, people want to get right home? Let me tell you something else. I got a cup of it up on the night table. And I'm All right, they sniggling now, but this ninja was out here. What? Did you say huggy buggy? This ninja out here, he said it's barbecue. It's barbecue in there. All right, and look, they sniggling right now, but it wasn't sniggling later on. Uh, Yeah, Bill. <laughs> He's like... I put a, one of them pills and Spanish flies all in there, and they get the little huggy-buggy. All right. <laughs> Why don't you go on upstairs? And so Bill was a Bill was a, a, a classic father that probably not many people got to experience. Well, let's take away the, the, the barbecue sauce. But they never got to experience an established father that would, you know, encourage their kids to go to college, right? Theo got his ear pierced without him knowing and said, you're going to head to nowhere. And he would get his kids to actually try to be somewhat um, on point and on path. All right, shout out to Bill Cosby in here. Mm. Talking about Huggy Buggy. All right, trying to get Huggy Buggy. So, man, he kind of did some repair. He need to rehab his image here. Hold up for a second. My barbecue sauce. Haven't you ever noticed after people have some of my barbecue sauce, after a while, when it kicks in, they get all huggy-buggy. Huggy-buggy? Oh, look at Claire looking at her. She she like... It's barbecue in there. <laughs> he got those special pills that he got from the gyno. All right, huggy-buggy. All right, she like, I get a little huggy-buggy with you sometimes. Know it. Okay. All right, anyway. <laughs> Is he still on the Mount Rushmore? He still has to be one of the... He still has to be one of the greatest, even though... His image is definitely need a rehab right there. All right. So we got the 80s. We got Philip Drummond. We got Webster's family. We got Bill Cosby show. We're transitioning into black middle class. And let's take it to the 90s. All right. And, oh, did I, I? Al Bundy would qualify. He was more the 90s, late 80s. Let's take it to the 90s. And uh, where I think the most realistic portrayal of a father in the modern times would be right here. Right, Bill Cosby was sort of a stretch, and a lot of people tried to emulate the Cosbys, and they did very well emulating him. Now, if you take the American dad, the average American dad, I think one of the best ones that certainly is on my Mount Rushmore, along with Bill, Bill Cosby, is going to be Al Bundy. Now, Al Bundy played, Al Bundy played the classic father, where he was down and out, no hopes. He gave up his whole life, his hopes and dreams. He scored four touchdowns in a high school game. And um, it just went off the rails from there. All right. He just could not get it, his family right. Every now and then it worked out. He was a slave to his family and his wife, Peg. He didn't want to fornicate with his wife. All right. But he somewhat loved her out of obligation. He had a tramp daughter, Kelly Bundy, and a scheming, a scheming son, if you will, as a, as a character. And uh, yeah, I mean, Al Bundy played the classic, the classic, classic uh, father. 
where he was just a check and he didn't even make a lot of money. He was just making money as a shoe salesman, hating his life and hating his job. So if you want to look at the fathers, I think Al Bundy would be the classic father and he somewhat would dim with it, but also tried to hold his ground against feminists, right? He didn't let the feminists get over on him. And he would talk to feminists and tell them and put women in their place. And, you know, but of course, he was kind of like a loser as well. Al Bundy. Uh, Then you have the Philip Banks comes right off the heels of Bill Cosby. All right. So Philip Banks was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith's Ashley, was it? I can't remember these people's name. Carlton Banks. Philip Banks was also a, I think he was a, was he a lawyer? Then a politician. Successful, Will Smith was kind of the relative from the inner city, people that they probably wouldn't invite to the barbecue. And uh, Will Smith came to crash the party and threw the family kind of off course a little bit. But Philip Banks was kind of an extension of Bill Cosby, if you will. I mean, if you just kind of just wrapping it up. Philip Banks right there. All right. And they were upper class. So they were upper class. They kind of were like Cosby's on steroid with a crazy ass Will Smith. Uh, Carlton... Uh, not Carlton, Carl Winslow, Carl's Winslow. Oh, he was a judge. Thank you. He was a judge, attorney judge. All right. So uh, you got Carl's Winslow. Now going back to the middle class, Carl's Winslow definitely was a henpecked husband. All right. So he played the henpecked husband. And, um, you know, he basically was uh, beholden to the sapphire. His wife was a sapphire. And uh, his kids were somewhat, this was more than the, mostly wholesome family, and um, he would try to hold masculine frame as a cop. He was a cop, tough guy in the street, but when he got home, he was kind of impact, and his wife ran, ran the roost for the most part, and he had no control of the family for the most part. He didn't know what was going on, kind of dim-witted and all of that stuff, and he'll try to be tough, but it really didn't go over. Nobody, He kind of was like the, he's respected at work, but not respected at home. <laughs> that's that's kind of what he played, if you want to encapsulate it. Uh, but for TV dads, he would be the loving dad. He tried to be tough on them, but he couldn't. Uh, you also have Danny Tanner in this wholesome era of ABC television programming, if you will. Danny Tanner was a dad that the wife died, I believe. And he had three daughters, something like that. And also... Piggyback on that, he had a relative, maybe a brother that lived with them. And I think his other brother lived with them. And he was married to uh, Becky. Becky was the one, Becky Tanner, who ended up going to jail later on. But anyway, these were soft dads. These were soft dads. This was the era of the soft dad. All right, so Carl's Winslow, soft dad. This guy, Tanner, soft dad. So the dads were nice. They weren't old and stodgy and somewhat demanding and masculine frame. And they were not really buffoons, but they were kind of just not very tough on, on people. So that would be the nineties. And Homer Simpson, I guess qualifies as well. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody just mentioned it. Homer Simpson kind of qualifies as a TV dad as well. And uh, he represented the dim-witted, dumb, aloof, disconnected, not paying attention, old school industrial revolution, work at the nuclear plant, dad, right here. So, yeah, this is when you started getting the dope, the doof, the doofus dad. 
And that led into the 2000s with more doofus dads, uh, which I believe one of the doofus dads, uh, King of Queens, I believe was a doofus dad. I think everybody loves Raymond, although they weren't parents. Doofus husband. It went over well. It went over well. I already said Philip Drummond. You must be so far back in the show. I mentioned it like four times already. <laughs> All right, anyway. I mentioned like different strokes four times. Yeah, Peter Griffin, dim-witted, duff, 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 duff. All right. Uh, the Jetsons, dad, uh, would go into that. Obviously, that would be more of the 70s and 80s. George Jefferson, he was kind of a dummy too. Kind of a cog beholden to his boss. I guess the Jetsons preceded the Simpsons in that mindset. George Jefferson was more Homer Simpson in the future. Although the Jeffersons were in the future. But no Negroes were in the future. So the future looked bright. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> but dopey dads. Uh, another one here, which was the Roseanne. That would be in the 80s. Dan Connor. Middle class, gruff. This was in the 80s going into the 90s. Middle class, gruff. You know, overweight, slovenly. Um, yeah, type of dad. Typical kind of American Midwestern pops from Pennsylvania, wherever their show was from. So there you go right there, the dope, dopey. And the reason why you got dopey dads was because, the reason why you got dopey dads was because women were the, women were the primary watchers and consumers and of these shows, right? They were going to buy all of the commercial shit, everything they showed in the commercial, women were going to buy the programmers and the commercials run the studios. Those studios make programming that make women happy and comfortable. And they simply are going to be like, yes, we want to see dopey dads. We want to see dumb dads. Chicago, another Chicago miss. So this is why you started to see dads take the preceding role. So remember, originally, this was dad. Father knows best. All right, dad, come home and solve the problem. Then my three sons. We forgot Herman Monster and um, Gomez Adams. We did forget those brothers there. But those shows weren't actually hits until later on. But yeah. So we went from stable dads were stable dads to dopey dads. Uh, where's the dopey dad right there? Okay, okay. I, I guess I lost the tab. Oh, yeah. Dopey dads. But they also represented middle America. The reality, the real. And so you started getting somewhat real father figures. All right. I know I'm missing a lot of fathers. Bear with me. I can't cover every dad. Uh, going into the, I suppose, the 2000s, if you will. Uh, 1990s, Tim the Two-Man Taylor was another dopey dad right here. He's another dopey dad. Even, uh, what's his name? Robin Williams played a dopey dad right before he deleted himself. But Tim the Two-Man Taylor was another gruff, growling dad, Neanderthal, caveman. All right, only worried about tools and power tools, and he always messes stuff up on his show, and then he comes home and messes up his house. The wife is the smart one. <laughs> All right, sorry, here we go right there. Um, and then you got... Um, Going into the 2000s, you have, um, you had a lot of Sister Sister and Bernie Mac. These were a lot of fathers there that kind of played the similar character. Uh, the other one, everybody knows, everybody hates Chris. 
The dad was dopey, <laughs> right? He was a working blue collar. Everybody hates Chris. Television show played by Terry Crews. Let's go ahead and pull him up. Based on Chris Rock's life. Where's the, where's, okay, I'm not seeing. Played by Terry Crews. Everybody hates Chris. He was kind of the dad where he was, you know, tough outside, but then the wife ruled the roost. Sapphire mother, sapphire wife. My friend, my wife and kids was uh, Damon Wayne's with Tisha Campbell. He kind of played, all these dads played the similar character. There was another, fa- well, they didn't have kids. Rock, I was going to say Rock. Anybody remember Rock? I don't think he had kids, though. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Charles Dutton. Charles S. Dutton. He was kind of a blue-collar working, but I don't think he had kids in the TV show. But he had a TV show called Rock. He was more of a theatrical stage actor, method actor, who got a sitcom, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a father. Malcolm in the middle. Most of these dads were kind of just kind of taking a backseat. Taking a backseat. Mom knows everything. Wife knows everything. It ended up being wife knows best. All right. All these shows went from father knows best to wife knows best. Everybody loved Ra- Did everybody loves Raymond? What did they have kids? I don't think they had kids. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But everybody loves Raymond. I don't think there was kids. There may have been kids. I, I I'm not sure. I never watched the show. Yeah, no kids for everybody loves Raymond. I can't remember. All right, so as you can see, the mother starts to be more important in the show. She's the stabilizing factor. She's the voice of reason. She is the, and the father is somewhat erratic and aloof and absent-minded, if he's present at all. Everybody loves Raymond had kids. Did they have a daughter? I think they had a daughter. They had three kids. All right, I think they had a teenage daughter. Not that I was watching. All right, not that I was watching, but I think I've seen maybe a, a show or two of that. I don't. I didn't see many shows, but uh, they were from Long Island, New York. Were they New Yorkish, Long Islanders, or for Queens or some shit like that? I don't know. But I think the prevailing father in there was the older father, if I'm not mistaken. The older father was still present. You also have. Uh, let's see here, a couple more, and then I'll move it on to the early to the common days. Modern Family. Now, let's get modern here. Modern Family also follows the same format, formula. There's the dad, working dad, middle class, um, dim-witted, dumb, goofy, aloof, right? And he's very self-important, kind of narcissistic, kind of uh, I know what's right, but it never works out his way, and the wife makes him believe it worked out his way, and the wife takes the credit. So Modern Family has the same dad. All these dads play the same character, right? All right, all these wives play the same character. I mean, I'm sorry, all these dads play the same character. Eventually, they'll just play kind of, and, and the reason why is because the women are watching the shows. The women are dedicated to the shows. So the advertisers and the writers have to cater the, to their audience, Men are not typically sitting around and they want to get the eyes of the women and the advertisers want to get the eyes of the women. Uh, Dre from Blackish, another one of these ABC universal sitcoms where he's a successful guy in his own right, but kind of aloof and dumb and makes dumb decisions and 
You know what I mean? And the mother is the stable voice. The mother's played by Diana Ross's daughter. I can't remember her name, but anyway, older woman. Got some nice flapjacks on her. She got some nice flapjacks on her chest. Uh, but here it is right here. This is kind of an extension of the Cosbys, but he's a little more goofier. A little more goofier. And uh, yeah, he kind of gets it right and gets it wrong, but gets it right. That's um, Anthony Anderson, great actor. Great actor. But again, it's more, and then of course, he's a mama's boy from the Jeffersons. He's a mama's boy. His mama lives with him, and he can't get past the mom. He can't get past mama. All right, here we go right there. Tracy Ellis Ross, thank you. Again, there's so many dads here I can mention. Uh, I know I forgot a whole bunch of them, uh, but a lot of them typically are similar just depending on what decade you come into. All right, so with that being said, I miss Ward Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver. I missed, I missed a ton of people. Uh, Ward Cleaver there. <laughs> I don't think he was tippy-toe, but he might have been. I mean, I missed a ton of dads. Even Ricky Ricardo was a dad at one particular point. Um, you know, I missed a tons of dads. The Adams Family, uh, you missed a ton of dads from the 2000s. And, oh, the Wonders Years dad. He was, I mean, you missed a ton of dads. Ton of dads. Uh, but um, anyway, with that being said, of the popular dads out here, number one, we've seen the transition of him being a patriarch to him being a dumb fool. And we know why. Advertisers. Advertisers. Um, we've seen the absent dad, the present dad, the good dad, the good cop, the bad cop, the dad that thought he had it under control. The kids and the mother were the ones that's really running it. And they made dad. Dad believe you're the dad. Yeah, George Lopez. That was another one that I was looking for. George Le Lopez. He kind of played the same same character. <laughs> George Lopez. Kind of the goofy, strong dad. But let me see here. All of those shows were somewhat the same. I mean, they almost were written. I'm pretty sure like four people wrote all of those shows. <laughs> the George Lopez show. There he is right there. If you don't know right there, George Lopez. Um. Yeah, boy, they definitely look, uh, and was he a mama's boy? Is that his mama? I didn't watch many of his shows, but there he is right there with the wife. He got the, looks like three kids, and I don't know who this guy is. Is he a mama's boy, too? Same show. <laughs> same, same show, but anyway, of the popular dads, of the popular dads, DL, yeah, uh, there's too many to name. I'm gonna need I'm gonna name a whole bunch out. Oh man. Of the dads, who would you think is the most the greatest dads of all? If you put four people on the Mount Rushmore, he had mommy issues, so he was a yeah, he was a he was a mama's boy. These are all the same shows. In fact, let me see something here before we get in that. You can put you can put um let me see here, produce shows. Produced productions. Let me see if I can put Norman Lear in here. Mm -hmm. Let me see what I'm going to see here. TV shows. Most of these writers, they write for the same shows. All right, so as an example here, watch this. Uh, Norman Lear, I actually talked about him quite a bit in our curious relationship between the blacks and the you know I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say right, that. So Norman Lear, uh, oh, by the way, black shows did not have black writers. This is something that a lot of people don't know. 
black shows did not have black writers. Even Martin had white writers a lot of the time. Even the show Martin had white writers. So one of the things that black, even a Bernie Mac show had white writers. So one of the things that black actors had to navigate is that a lot of their content was not written by blacks. So in this case, Norman Lear production produced these TV shows. And a lot of them are the shows that we named. All in a Family, One Day at a Time, Who Did Not Have a Father Was About a Single Mother, Good Times, Good Times, Norman Lear, uh, South Park, what is that, South Park? Okay, what about this, Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons? Um, I want to say, I want to say, uh, I don't know. These are the ones that they just named. I thought Different Strokes might have been a part of that as well. Okay. But a lot of them had non-black writers, and a lot of them had writers that were, I can't say. I'm not going to say what race, <laughs> what people, we know I can't say that. All right, but the black community, a lot of shows that you celebrate had non-black writers. They had non-black writers. Even Martin, Bernie Mac show, uh, Steve Harvey show, a lot of these shows with Cedric the Entertainer, um, a lot of your fa- good times, not non-black writers. <laughs> so a lot of people didn't understand that. They were like, oh, this is a show about us. It was the characters were representing you, but the writers did not. I think Bill Cosby might have been an exception. I think he worked to get blacks producing, even the children became producers and whatnot. But a lot of them did not have black writers. And they were written for you. And they were always having the sapphire, the dumb dad, the absentee dad, the... You guys don't know this. Uh, anyway. People don't know that. Uh, but yeah, shout out to... Auburn. Okay, so what are we doing here? It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick who's the best. But let me say this. I'll pick... He said, they're not ready for this. They're not ready for this. Dave Chappelle, another show... As you saw, he they always had to answer to someone else. Dave Chappelle even had to answer to someone else. Uh, so understand that. What are we doing here? I would say for me, Bill Cosby, let me just give you my Fantastic Four, and then you guys can t- chime in with your own, especially in the comment section. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to definitely say Bill Cosby and, um, and um, uh, Al Bundy to me, were the top two, for sure. The other two were going to be hardcore. Phillip Banks probably should be in there. Phillip Banks. I would say maybe Andy Griffith, because I was a fan of the Andy Griffith show. I'm still a fan. I'm actually a fan of um, Andy uh, Andy Griffith. Even in Matlock, I'm a fan of him there. Um, I'm trying to think here. All right, because I like Matlock. I like um, In the Heat of the Night which featured Archie Bunker, which, well, it's not Archie Bunker, but you know what I mean. Um, you know me with names. It ended up being um, in the heat of the night had, uh, anyway, the character, that the guy that played Archie Bunker. I'm bad with names. He was, ended up being that show. So I'm a fan of those shows. So I tend to be a fan of Andy Griffith as a, a father there. Philip Banks, um, Bill Cosby, and I would say Al Bundy. Those are the ones that I would think of right now. But uh, put yours in there. Put yours in there. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing out on somebody. 
I'm sure I'm missing out on somebody. There's a lot of them that were pretty good. I tend to not like the dumb, dim-witted ones. Not because, but I just think they didn't play good fathers. Yeah, Bill Cosby gotta be up in there. Even though Bill Cosby's messed up his image. But you can't defeat the Bill Cosby era. You can't defeat it. At all. Yeah, that's my that's my top four too. Al, Al Bundy, Bill Cosby, Philip Banks, Andy Griffith. That would be mine. But please put your own. People mentioned in the boondocks. Pops from the boondocks. Um, There's a, a lot of ones. Uh, let me see here. There's actually this list of show. There's actually this list of characters here that I might refresh my mind. Let me see here. These are, I think these are black television. These are black television shows. Uh, there's 31 that they mentioned here. All right, the George Jefferson. Uh, yeah, this is Cedric the Entertainer's character. I don't, I don't know much about him. All right, half and half. Cleveland, okay, I wouldn't count these, but the Proud family. Uh, some of these I wouldn't even know. Marlon Wayans. All right, okay. Okay, these people don't even count. The Hughleys. Oh, George. Okay, Deacon Fry, amen. All right, I get that one. Oh, man. Some of these don't even count. Let me get down to the bottom here. My wife and kids. All right, that's Dwayne Waynes. Uh, this is looks like Robert Townsend. All right. Everybody hates Chris. There, there's Julius there. All right, Colonel Taylor from Different World. Uh, anyway, interesting. So now we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. All right. Uh, Flex is Flex Williams still question? Okay, here we go. There's Pops. Sister, sister, these shows are not that. Okay, Blackish, I'll get. Bernie Mac. Granddad from the Boondocks. Does he count, though? He's not the actual father. But I guess he played the father of Moesha. Carl's Winslow. James Evans. Eve Cliff Hustable. All right, Philip Banks. All right, there you go. All right, but a lot of fathers there. <laughs> Mr. Belding? He was a dad? All right, anyway. He just said Mr. Belding. Was he a father? He was, I guess, a principal. But a lot of fathers right there. I forgot A-Man. I forgot Sherman Emsley on A-Man. Was he a father? I guess he was a father. But anyway, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> All right, y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. Put your top four, man. And look, that's going to be the end of the show, man. Let me catch these super chats. Appreciate y'all for joining me down memory lane. Not, a, not the most popular show, but it was just fun. And um, shout out to Pro Man says, Archie was an old Americanized from Queen. He says, look at Gangs of New York. He was a deacon to all the pilgrims. Um, or he was a, is a deacon or decent to all the pilgrims? Was that where the show extended from? Let me know. Corey, shout out to you. JC says, not surprised. Surely Sherman Hemsley was a trouser bandit. Uh-oh. He definitely was out, so I don't feel like I'm outing him. JC says, Frank Gallagher from Shameless is the best TV dad. I never heard of him, so uh, let me know who that is, or I'll look him up. Benson, I don't think Benson was a dad. I might be mistaken, but Benson was not a dad. He was a butler, but he was on a, yeah, Benson was a butler. <laughs> I don't think he was a father, but he might have been. I think he was after that uh, German woman. He was always, Benson was always in, in the backseat with that German uh, babushka. Babushka, let me see here, Benson. 
German woman, the German maid. So I don't think he was a dad. Yeah, Benson was always after that German woman right here, that German Natasha-ish right there. Anybody remember Benson? He was always had it here with the uh, pink toes. <laughs> Where's Benson at? Inga. Inga from Sweden. There he is. They always had that hot chemistry, that sexual tension, co-worker tension. They go Benson right there. All right, but he wasn't a dad. So they kind of worked together. He was a butler. She was the maid, Inga, from Germany. German. She, I think she was German. Fred Sanford got to get an honorable mention. Somebody says, no government name, says, I remember the wheelchair dude acting like his cold approach game worked. However, he admitted that the women he bagged was a stripper. Okay. Mm. A stripper. Indeed. Shout out to Shan. Let me see if I got everybody. A classic scene. Well, it wasn't a scene, but it was Bernie Mac on the Bernie Mac show, which he refused to have the boy sit on his lap. Anybody ever seen that? And that gives you an indication of how much pull he had. Bernie Mac didn't have any pull. A lot of these people don't understand that these actors are just actors. They have producers, directors, script writers that don't look nothing like the actor themselves, meaning that their show is not their show. It's just they're the headliner of the show. Let me see if I can find that behind the say behind the scenes footage of Bernie Mac. Let me see your Bernie Mac. And this is why Bernie Mac, never mind. Behind the scenes sitting on lap. Let me see here. Uh here it is. Fair use. This is the Bernie Mac show. So this is these are the actors. And by the way, I've been around a lot of these actors and they're just puppets. Like what they just quote what they was written on this was written in the script. All right. So you see you see who's who's pointing at who's calling the show. He's just sitting there. All right. You go here. You go there. No, no. All right, so they're trying to sit the boy on his lap. <laughs> and Bernie like, nah. And look, you see his women and the, the PAs and the background scenes. You go here, you go here. And that ninja was like, nah. This ninja ain't sitting on my lap. Hell no. Look, and it's mostly women. Look, it's mostly women. The photographers, the PAs, the take, you do this, you do that. All right. And they don't have much pull, but Bernie was like, oh, hell no. Did you wait? No, no. <laughs> he said, no. Nah. Nah, get off my lap. Now, the dude's in character. The young boy's in character. Nah, he, nah, nah. But what, what happens is a lot of guys, a lot of these actors don't, don't stop them. A lot of these actors be like, okay. Whatever you say, all right, I'm going to keep my job. I'm going I'm to not, not rock the boat. I don't want to be seen as difficult. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, <laughs> all right, and that's that. And that's how they stay in, employed, all right? So, there, you know, a lot of these images that you see later on, you see what happens. You see how fast that can happen to you as an actor. 
You see, you see how fast that can happen. You just doing your job and they telling you what to do. Go here, go there. You do this. Sit right here. Okay, all right, take the picture. He's actually gonna sit on your, on your no, no, no. Okay. no. <laughs> he was like, hell no. New, 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 new world order. Somebody said he actually put that a part of his show. Was it uh, his comedy show? He's like, bitch, I ain't sitting on my lap, bitch. Oh, hell no. But a lot of actors don't speak up. They do it, and then they end up complaining, writing a book about it later. All right, when it's too late, and they did the job, and they cast a check. Then later on, when the show get canceled, they want to call everybody out. All right, Stiliano says, I picked the same top two. Al held it with a shoe job. Yep, he did. Held it all together with a job as a shoe salesman. Uh, let's see here. Shout out to JC. And uh, did you emulate your parentage or did you want a father like a TV dad? Let me know. Adolph Caesar says my lineup is Uncle Phil, Fred Sanford, Dre from Blackish, and James Amos, a.k.a. our brother, uh, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> me with names again, James Evans. All right, shout out to you. And James Evans played the father eventually of Will Smith in a classic scene paired up against. I'm sorry, I, I got that wrong. James Amos played the boyfriend of Will Smith's mother, I believe it was, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So he ended up coming back. Honorable mention, Al Bundy for Adolf Caesar. JC says, my top top dad list was Frank Gallagher, uh, Tywin Lan Lannister, Fred Samson, Fred Samson <laughs> OJ Simpson, Fred Sanford, and Darth Vader. All right, we didn't talk about movie dads. Dark Side Foundation coach, top three, Cliff Huxable, Uncle Phil, and Granddad from the Boondocks. Also, I think one reason Tyler Perry, uh, Tyler Perry's media hits harder pause is because he's not afraid to show the crazy aspects of the community in film. Yeah. Who was the one I was supposed to look up? Frank Gallagher? Somebody, let me see if I can see what that is. Frank Gallagher. It doesn't, oh yeah, I don't know who that is. What TV show was he in? I know, I don't know him. I seen him before as an actor. What show was he in? Shameless? I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I have no idea. Oh, it was around for 10 years, though. It was around for 10 years. All right, I have no idea who he is. All right, so shout out to him. There's two people that talked about Frank Gallagher. All right, thanks for sharing that with me. And I think that's it. We're going to see what the... I'm checking on the super chats on the way out just so I make sure I got everybody. Uh, Frank Gallagher. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But also people mention um, that 70s show. I never watched it, so I don't know. All right, I don't know. All right, Justify Masaga, he says, Top Dad, CGA, JC, J-Flow, and KT the King. KT the King. Maybe we'll do movie dads, and maybe maybe in a day or two we'll do uh, Mothers. We'll do TV moms, toxic TV moms. How about we do toxic TV moms as the next show? Shout out to the coach gang. Hit the like button on the way out. Peace.